welcome to the Sports Carnage Podcast, presented by Detroit Sports Nation, featuring Paul Roshan, A.J. Riley, Ryan Griffin, and Matthew Bassett, bringing you the most arrogant takes on the planet straight to your ears. We don't promise to always be right, but we promise to act like we are. What up, webheads? Along with Ryan Griffin, Dylan Bear, I'm Matt Bass, and welcome to the Spartion Podcast. Spartion Dylan, Spartion <laughs> Ryan. I'd this is all Michigan State all the time. Oh, yeah, wait, me too. Dog. Me too. Are there other people here? <laughs> I was getting ready to be like, well, let's start over, and then that happened. Locked on That's cool. No, 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 no. You guys are cool. I got in the right place. Tonight. I'll talk to you all later. <laughs> Y'all are in the right place, along with Dylan Bear, Ryan Griffin, Paul Roshan, and AJ Riley. I'm Matt Bass, and welcome to the Sports Carnage Podcast. If you couldn't tell by the intro, it is hate week. It is Michigan, Michigan State. It is hey, green hey, and white, hey, hey, maize hey, and blue, hey, hey. co-workers giving each other dirty looks, not talking to each other, cousins and sisters and brothers, not talking to each other. It is the not watch week the games together. in the state, <laughs> or not watch the game together. It is the week in the state of Michigan where it is all turmoil all the time for, it's finally been at least a little bit more now, both fan bases, not just one like it was in the past. The last decade plus has kind of helped Michigan fans get into this rivalry as they've had more reasons to hate us. I got set and, up uh, this figured week, figured out too. they can't hang with Ohio State. I got set up this week by my school. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, this week is Spirit Week, too. Happened, and today AJ? was the green and white day because that's our school colors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I told my principal I like it. and I told her, or the lady that runs it, I said, listen. I will wear green, but it will not be Michigan State green, and I will not combine it with white, because I will not wear green and white this week. And they're like, I appreciate you get it. Could, I appreciate you, your honesty. Could you just wear like a school athletic shirt? Well, yeah, but I mean, right. like I just wore a green <laughs> shirt. It's nope. like army green, <laughs> and I wore that's the shadow. And I wore, that is the kind of thing that I know <laughs> I already have mentioned previously. You are having an admission Paul never will and I respect you for that what do you mean <laughs> Dear God. it's not we're we are not gonna get into that in the depth of this podcast it Please. is very it's weird gonna, well it we don't have to deep dive. No, no, no. We're not. Right. No, we're not. We're not, we're not even diving. No, 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 no. We are not even diving into the argument, weird. the hatred of is, you guys between each other with this stupid shit. This it is so typical. It's like the one so typical thing. MSU needs validation <laughs> no, by not Michigan hating them. That's not oh, dear it. God. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, Matt. No, but <laughs> I apologize. This is. This is like the like look, Paul and I disagree a lot, but I will I always generally speaking I'm like, alright, well you're at least coming from a knowledgeable place or you're consistent or whatever. This is like the one thing I would say is a legitimate character flaw of his that he won't admit it. Like at least AJ is admitting the fact that it's relevant now. I don't well, care hold about on 10, a second. 20 hold years on a ago, but you're I didn't you're admit at least that it was angry relevant. enough you're not gonna I didn't play. admit that it was relevant. You're not gonna wear the colors. What I don't need you to tell just me. Just this week, he said. Just, just yeah. this week, which yeah, makes that's sense. Fine. But that's more than we have gotten a lot in the last twenty years. Yeah, but but here's I, the deal. Like, is. listen, Dylan. Even if they weren't in the position that they're in, in the significance of this game, even because I'm a fan of Michigan, I wouldn't have worn green and white on this day. This is still our second best. Ah, that's why. But that's what I'm saying. You are recognizing the truth of the matter, which is something that, to be fair, 
has not been the case. I don't inherently care myself, but it's that Paul, at any given moment, is going to undermine us in this. Like, everybody have your tick counters ready. Paul is going to undermine us at every step and turn and won't recognize that he does hate us as much as as AJ does. At least you're willing to admit, at least for this week, I don't want to wear the colors. And that's not something he'll ever do. That's what I'm saying. I got you. Okay. why do you want me to admit something that is not part of my life? Like Literally you, all of us know it is. <laughs> all of us know it is. Alright. So, it almost bothers me. It almost bothers me that Matt calls it hate week, right? Because oh, God. it's just, that's not what this is. There it is, number one, already. <laughs> How I mean, is that undermining? Why, why is saying... It's not. <laughs> True. I mean, your program is accepting it now. Like, you are the lone soldier who just won't do it. I don't know why. Where have you, where you, have you ever seen, where have you ever seen a, a Michigan media person call it a hate week? Michigan, not, not MSU, Michigan. Wojo's done it all week, so is Rager. <laughs> so stop. That's true. I, show me. I, and, I don't, Stone, oh and Stoney has to, what do you mean show you? It's an audible <clears> thing. <throat> You gotta go on the Odyssey.com. I guess I did I did mean I I didn't mean real real people. I, I didn't mean fake radio garbage personality. People so more successful than yourself are fake, yes. Alright. Oh, enough oh, with the inner turmoil. Let's get to the actual stats and facts of this rivalry. Hundred and fourteenth time they are meeting this Saturday. Game conditions for those that care. It's going to be cloudy. Chance of rain, 55 degrees, a.k.a. perfect Michigan football weather. The last time these two teams met up and they were both unbeaten, I was at the game. 2010, we beat the ever-living crap out of Michigan after it was a close game for a while. Thoroughly enjoyed my my first and only trip to the big house up in Ann Arbor. These two teams, 11 and 11 over the last 22 years. Very even battle. And when these two teams meet while both are ranked... The Spartans actually have a lead in this one, 10-7-1. And, and MSU, as all of us Spartan fans know, 9-4 and four huh. versus Michigan since 2008. The first top 10 meeting since the six, 50s and 60s for these yep, teams. It doesn't get any bigger than this for the Michigan-Michigan State rivalry. And we've got numbers, stats, facts, all sorts of stuff to go along with all of our opinions tonight between this rivalry and... It doesn't get any bigger. We've got the probably the biggest matchup these two teams have had facing each other in a I mean set, well it looks like about fifty years. Since sixty four, <laughs> honestly. And like yeah. that's the that's the craziest part about this about this game and like the hype leading up to it is we've like literally just never seen a game like this. None of us anyway. Uh, I'm sure some of our listeners who are a, a bit on the elder side may have done but being being the only time since 64 that they've both been uh in the top 10 when they've played together is it's crazy i hope we get more of it moving forward and i do like that they're both seven and oh in the sense that if they're going to be undefeated both of them because i do want michigan to lose every game but if they're both if they both have to be undefeated i'd rather it be seven and oh eight and oh nine and oh as opposed to like some of these three and oh or four and oh right. matchups that we've gotten that. True. because i feel like even if even if we had the same rankings or say it was a little higher and it was like a number four versus number seven or something 
I, I just think it means more because and there's more hype and build to it when you're seven and zero than even if you're high higher ranked and again you're like three or zero and four and zero because this is basically two months worth of build up of every team. Obviously, you get to watch your team win on the week, and then you're watching Michigan. You're watching Michigan State, seeing if they're going to lose. And they've each had, you know, a couple close calls where this almost didn't end up happening. And you just grabbed your, you grabbed on to your points to talk shit. Whether it was Caden McNamara, you should have lost to Nebraska. Uh, you know, you struggled Indiana. Hey, you guys had three yards of carry against Rutgers or something like that. So it's just, uh, I don't know, it's just different. And, like, you've heard, the, everything that you've heard is finally coming to a head on Saturday. And I think this is the most hyped-up meeting that um, that we've had. Obviously, there's there's a lot on the line, and people are starting to talk about, like, playoffs, not necessarily with our teams, but just, like, in general, in college football. And if you win this game, whether you think a playoff shot is far-fetched or not, you're at least a part of that conversation because when those first playoff rankings come out, whoever wins this game is going to be, like, five or six. So it's only natural that you're going to have to start talking about them you kind of in that discussion, and uh, that's a, a spot that, you know, both programs um, have been in in their own right in that discussion. Uh, it just, I don't know, it just feels like they haven't been there, you know, at least in a while um, relative to how far the playoffs going on. And it's just, uh, it's just exciting. And it's, it seems like it should be a close game, um, you know, all intents and purposes. It's not one of those like phony undefeated matchups where one team's just way better than the other. So it's, uh, I don't know, man, it's, it's, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I can't wait for, I can't wait for Saturday to come. So that Ryan, don't don't you give this team credit? They didn't get three yards of carry against Rutgers. It was like two point eight. <laughs> two, two oh, oh, I got. It. Okay, hold on. I have you're something. Gonna, you're gonna so get it later. I, 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 think that Ryan, I think that Ryan brought up an interesting point about the evenly matched and things like that. And one thing that we've continuously said is because of the maybe this is a bad way to phrase it, but like level of competition we kind of the verdict's still out on whether or not our teams are good right this is something i need i need well i know okay hold on well can we say how good i have a problem already with the framing i this was something i wanted to ban and then aj please move forward with your point can we please not do the resume comparing thing well no but please what i was gonna say was if if this is such an evenly matched game, right, and let's say it's a field goal game or not, does that tell us anything about our two teams? Or oh, do no. we need there to be a little bit more of a lopsided contest one way or the other so that we have a better verdict on what is Michigan State, what is Michigan? So I, I think... You know what I mean? Like, I think that both of our teams are good in their own respect, but... Again, and so I understand the resume comparing, Dylan, and I'm not trying to get into that, but it's like, it seems like every time Michigan had a big game on their on their schedule, that team was not, like, what looked like a big game preseason was not actually, like, that much of a big game. You know what I mean? But you could say that about both of us, so therefore it's a wash and a yellow. Well. I, I, yeah, I but I'm saying, Are I'm you saying asking... like, on a, on a bigger scope, right? Not just for, like, the teams themselves, but, like, worthy of the top 10 rankings let's put it that way right (coughs) so i and that's a weird spot for me because i have maintained for weeks now 
that both teams are overranked, as was the entirety of the Big Ten, to be honest. Uh, Penn State and Iowa especially, I thought, were overranked. Um, they're not anymore uh, because Iowa got murdered by a train. They literally got ran over by a train. And uh, we all saw what happened. To, we all <laughs> yeah, saw, that was awesome. Yeah, they did. That was That beautiful. was a great tweet. That was such a great tweet. And uh, we all saw what happened to Penn State in the last handful of weeks. So they have been knocked down a few pegs. But Michigan and Michigan State uh, holding steady, still carrying the torch. I, I have thought for so long that I'm like, man, like it, it's nice. It's nice to see those s- small single digits next to my team's name, next to Michigan State's name. But it scares me because I'm like, I don't I, – this doesn't feel like a top 10 team. So I don't know I, how – I know late in the year Michigan was ranked around four in 2016, but I don't know when they ascended to that point because they weren't in the beginning of the season. Uh, they, 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 were, they were three were, when they lost to Iowa, right? Yeah, they were. That's what I was going to say. Okay. Sorry. So, Because that was but the it, it took them a minute to get there. That was like my first introduction to DSN. <laughs> because Don yes. had to have that the – That was a horrible introduction. Don had to have like the Iowa Hawkeye as his like – Yes, he yeah, did yeah, the, the, the water, water tower, the water tower, tower on, yeah. on his. Oh my yeah. goodness! And it was for a long time too. He the, had that for a long time. Well, I said for the end of the season, and the funniest part is he was like, "Oh, I don't even care," and I'm like, "I promise you do." <laughs> oh, he he cared. He a lot. cared. Oh but, yeah. So, so <laughs> he switched it the day after. What was interesting to me, thinking back, is that 2016 team from the beginning felt so much better than this current edition of Michigan. And just on just on that Ooh, alone, I, I'm I'm sitting here like, how how is this this Michigan team? All the advanced metrics have them between three and five. They're ranked number six, and I'm like, this team doesn't feel that good. And then I'm like, if you look at where Michigan was, if you look at where Michigan State was last year, where they are now is an accomplishment, right? I think we can all agree with that that we should be overjoyed to be sitting here seven and zero, even if the schedule has not been as tough as it was perceived at the beginning of the season for either team. Being Sitting here at 7-0 entering this game, as exciting it is to have this matchup, it is tenfold better because of the struggles that both teams went through last year. Michigan going, I want to say 2-5. and 2-4 and four or 2-5. and five. We didn't uh, play. 2-4, but, you, duck, but you ducked Ohio State. We ducked Ohio State. We ducked. We didn't get to duck Penn State. We you lost ducked, Indiana for the first uh, time. It was Iowa, I believe, was your crossover. We, we lost it. We lost to Indiana for the first time in a hundred years last year. Yeah. Uh, Michigan State We're lost frauds. to Rutgers for the first time ever. For right, that was Michigan State's first loss against Rutgers ever. Correct. Uh yeah. Um. So it's it was it was a brutal year for both teams last season. So to be sitting here in this position to be ranked in the top ten and they have. Whether you agree with how highly they're ranked or not, you cannot say that they haven't earned it. They've absolutely earned it. And and that's part of what makes this game so exciting. But I am going to let Dylan go off uh, on JJ. Uh, I want to say one thing on regarding, regarding JJ before he gets Why into it. Why are we it. talking about JJ McCarthy in this rivalry? Because Dylan likes it. There's a very real game. play a role in it. There's it is, no doubt no, about Dylan, that. Dylan has a, Dylan has a, a very, very important I contention. very important contention. Dylan has a very important contention that's related directly to the game. And he thinks it will be the difference in the game. I do. I legitimately... Like this is, I believe this in general, which will be relevant to the game in just a second, Matt. I think that if you had started JJ like game three or four and just made the move, you'd be 
you would have an argument for the second best team in the country, is my personal contention. We'd also have a loss or two, so it'd be kind of irrelevant. No, I'm saying in a, because what it would AJ mentioned about JJ, AJ JJ, what he mentioned was, oh well, in the big spot, well JJ would screw up. Well, I yeah, did, because I didn't say screw up. I think he get swallowed up in it. Yes, because he hasn't had what I what I am talking about is a full immersion. Like throw Kate out the window. JJ is playing from here on out. Does not matter. Yeah, but that see, is I. I'm not even saying that's realistic. I, yeah. I'm not contending that. All I am saying is that if you had done that, I believe in his development enough to this point where you would have an argument for the second best team in the country and the spread would be much more justified to even be up to seven or eight points against us. I do not fear Cade in this game. I do not fear him whatsoever. He is worse than Wilton Spade. And I didn't respect Wilton Spade either, but as Paul was mentioning, the team around Wilton Spade was way better. Like, objectively, he just was. They were awesome in pretty much every facet, objectively. Not having Ronnie Bell means that I no longer have a primary target that the worst part of my team has to worry about anymore. And I just do not fear this dude. If it were JJ, it would be kind of the same vein as when Drew Stanton was playing in 04 and was really giving Michigan problems for a very long time until he got injured. Same sort of thing. Yeah, he's going to be a bit green, but I he has much more of a better, at least in my opinion, the dual threat aspect of it, which is kind of always overplayed, but he has a really good running smarts to him from what I've seen. And having that arm talent just would be much more terrifying to me than a dude who I just don't respect, to be honest. Yeah, I... I You're talking about Cade? I'm talking about Cade. I do not respect him. I I thought... I just don't get the hate for Cade. I don't... I do not like the decision making I've seen from him. I don't think that his arm is very good. And on top of that, your set, your your wide receiver threats are not nearly as helpful with that being the case. Now that you is don't, you don't like the decision making from the quarterback that consistently gets us into the right play and has thrown one interception. In hold on, games. you know as well as I that just because he has one interception doesn't mean that there shouldn't have been more. It's college. You know no, it it, it but it pretty much does mean that he has put the ball in danger so few times this season. He puts the he ball in the air so shirts? few times. Well, that's hold on. That's not true. Hold on. Last, last, last he averages seventeen passes a game. Fair, you Paul, guys are one hundred and fourth in the nation in passing yards. But that's not. You don't put okay, the ball in the air not, that much. They also didn't right but that's because they didn't need to that's that stat part of it is, is irrelevant paul what i don't I think it saying, is if you have those better quarterbacks you were talking about i think they do pass it more i don't think they have, I, I they go, can do more okay so that's, go, that, that's go a coaching off. staff decision that's not based on his ability or not my reason why i don't trust kate is because i think he is too safe with jj i think that you would be able to have a more explosive offense and also to be fair add on to your greatest strength Imagine, like seriously, legitimately, imagine you had him and he's no longer nearly as green as he was and have his ability to be able to extend plays or just straight up break out of passing plays that aren't working and be able to run the ball on top of what you and already then, have. And then him. make bad decisions and miss guys that are wide yeah. open well, because he's hold, young hold and on, he does But that's that. like the argument that was always happening with Stafford, right? Do you have him throw 50 times a game and throw some interceptions but then score or do you reel it's, him back? It's not at all the argument well, with Stafford. My, the, the problem with JJ is not 
is not that, oh, we don't want to throw a lot because there's going to be some mistakes. The problem with JJ is he's not ready for the college game. Yeah. Because you had didn't play him from the jump. Again, I'm not saying now that, uh, you That has nothing to do with it. It would so much what, more than... I, one, there's not, there's not a more overrated thing than in-game development. I don't care what the position is. Almost all of your growth happens on the practice field and in the film room. There is so, so little growth that takes place in game scenarios. It, it's wildly overrated because that's that's what the fans see. That's the only part that the fans see. They don't watch practice. They're not in the film room. They're not watching them get the coaching points and make their adjustments and learn how to read a defense. Fans don't see that. Fans only see what takes place on the field. So fans just assume that, oh, they're not on the field. They're not growing as a player. And that's just not football. That's not that's how not it works. What I, but that's not what I'm saying. He would have more reps with the first team, he would be having more of that experience, whether it was in practice or not, because it would be all on him, on top of the fact that your play calling could be different. Okay. And on top of that, first I don't team, understand first why... First team, first... I don't understand why with this running game that you have, why that wouldn't be the perfect environment to introduce a freshman. I it, because but, he's not ready. So yeah. this is... And this is why I... This is what I despise about this conversation you're acting like somehow we're putting ourselves at a disadvantage by playing the best quarterback right now. No, I like you think act you are like limiting your team's potential. I'm not even saying necessarily by playing the best quarterback. No, I don't I mean, there think was, he is. There, there have been one. This staff has proven a million times over and over they're playing the right quarterback. Like they're not it, the only the only time that you can Shea say Patterson. maybe they should have played a different quarterback was no, not even Shea Patterson because they tried to play a different quarterback and then he got hurt. The only time that it made sense was last season, and that was Cade's freshman season. Joe Milton had been in the system, and Joe Milton was awesome through camp because he's a practice superstar. That's why when he transferred to Tennessee, he went and won the job in Tennessee before promptly losing it because he sucks in games. And as soon as it was clear that he couldn't play in games, the staff yanked him. Some players are just practice players. That, that's, that exists. So... If all you have to go on is practice and you're a coach, you're going to play the guy that plays the best in practice until you have enough evidence to say, okay, he can't do it in games. There has not been a time, it is, we're in year, I want to say six of Jim's tenure. I think it's year six. There has not been a time where the backup has come in and lit the world on fire and we've been like, wow, why wasn't this guy playing? That hasn't happened ever. And now we're going to question the staff. And the thing that bothers me the most, honestly, is JJ has come in and shown several times exactly why he's not starting. I mean, he just showed it against Northwestern last week when it was third or fourth down. And we have two guys wide open in the middle of the field. Honestly, you can argue three, but the one was not his primary read. You guys directly open for easy completions in the middle of the field for the first down. He doesn't see them for whatever reason because he's looking God knows where and ends up dancing around like he's Lamar Jackson in the backfield making bad decisions. Like, I, it's, it, and it's, listen, JJ is going to be the best quarterback to ever play college football in Michigan. Ever. No. Like, I, I will be, no. I will be shocked if that is not accurate. If he's better than any, great, but I don't think It's so. just not his time. It's not it. He's just not ready. The moment that he's better than Cade, he will play. I don't want to play him based on his potential. I want to play the best quarterback. And I don't know why anybody would want to play anybody different. All I'm trying to do with this, I guess, in theory, is then fine. If you think that Cade is the best, then fine. 
I don't respect him. I don't respect your passing game, and it is not for the reason... To be fair, you know that it's not for the same reasons as I'm not saying that Matt is saying this, but individuals who would then say, oh, well, they haven't passed it all, so yeah, that's why. No, that's not why. It's because I just don't think that that... So I want to say two things. One, our passing game is much better than perceived, but I will agree with you. Our passing game is not elite, but the problem is not the quarterback, it is the play caller. Maybe. I am... I don't know. I, I Look, I am obviously the first one to start blaming play callers, as everyone knows, from my favorite man in the world who was under Mark for the longest time gaming our offenses. So, I understand what you're getting at. I thought we were going to talk about Matt Nagy for a second. <laughs> that as well. Oh, fuck my ass. Uh, but, no. I. No, thank you. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. No, so, okay. Reeling this back, because that's kind of on the field things. All I was really going to say, because Ryan had mentioned it, and then whatever, anybody else take it. Matt, you especially, because you are very good at setting narratives. I think this is literally like the best showcase of all time for this game. It is great for both of us. Win, lose, or draw, in my opinion. It doesn't matter the result. This is good for us because we are the center of the football universe, which hasn't happened maybe ever. So. I don't know about win, lose, or draw. If we get our ass beat 34 to 10, but it's not looking good for us. I don't think there's anyone who legitimately thinks that'll happen. I don't think so either. Turnovers happen and shit happens. I mean, you know, you saw Wisconsin and Notre Dame go from a very close game to not all things to turnovers. We are much better than both of those teams. I agree. I agree both. I think both teams are. But shit happens. Turnovers happen. And as long as we have both teams avoid those and it's a straight up slugfest, it should be a close game, I would think. But I mean, the numbers, the numbers all show at least that it should be a very close game. You're talking about, you know, the two, two top 10 teams in rushing yards, Michigan's number one, Michigan state, number seven, Michigan's number one in per game, Michigan, I'm sorry, Michigan, number one in per game, Michigan state, number six, they're two and three in yards per rush. Michigan leads the country in rushing touchdowns. Michigan State, six in the country in touchdowns. Mostly with one guy from Michigan State. Michigan's had two guys doing all this work. But these numbers seem to show that this is where these teams are going to be going for this a lot. And this is why you think it would be close. The passing efficiency, the passing downs and everything, everything is much more skewed towards Michigan State. Peyton Thorne has been allowed to do a lot more than Cade McNamara has with with their offenses. Yeah, because he gets all his yards when they run the flea flicker once a game. (laughs) <laughs> that is not oh, entirely have, true. That is not fair. It is. Are, it is a lot true, and we will talk about that during matchup segment because I, I have a lot on that. I mean, I'm very you can excited. hate all you want, but there are two very damn good wide receivers wearing green oh, and I white right now you. in Reed and Naylor. There and is it's not excuse all on me. Flea there Flicker. is one very good no, receiver. There are two very good right now, right now with the we'll way that they're about playing. That too. We'll talk about that too. I know. I already don't want to get to that. You're going to be insufferable. You're laying the groundwork that you're going to be insufferable. I I, I promised you, one, I'm going to stick to very statistical-based things tonight. But before we get into that, I I do want to wrap up real quick. Uh, One thing that has been talked about in this game so much, and I think especially narrative-wise for fans, I, I think it's often an overrated angle, uh, but it, it's motivation. It, it has been said that Michigan comes in, Michigan State comes into this game with more edge. They want it more, blah, 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 right? This year, and we touched on this 
on an earlier podcast, but I heard something or saw something. I might have read it. I might have heard it. I honestly don't remember. Uh, but it it kind of it it didn't surprise me too much. It just it leads more credence to it. MSU has forty one players. They are either freshmen in their first year in school, or they are transfers, which we know. And it was the right move. Mel had to flip this roster over in the offseason. It was the right move, and it's the results have borne out that it was the right move. You guys needed an influx of talent from anywhere that you could get it. But when we talk rivalry games, and we talk about sometimes they don't always end up how they are on paper, what we allude to is the fact that there is an emotional tie to this game that actually affects on-field performance more than, say, Michigan playing Purdue or Michigan State playing Maryland. Okay, there is there's a little bit more to it. And you're taking a coach in Mel Tucker that comes from SEC country, then from Colorado, and he does have a history, little bit, little bit in the Midwest. Little bit. But he little bit. He was take his whole career into picture. How how long was he here? Well, he coached he the, here and at Ohio State. He hates Michigan right. plenty. For how long? For, How long? For, he was under Saban's staff originally from like 95 to 99, I believe. Okay, so a handful of years. Handful? That's four years. <laughs> you're acting, four you're years. acting like he was here Out as of long as Colorado. Out of how many? Long Out enough to at least know how relevant it is. 20, 25 years ago? You, you think that the hate in his heart is equal to Coach D'Antonio's was? No, that's not my contention. You're just acting like he doesn't have anything in him. Which is I, not I didn't true. say that. No, you're putting those words in my mouth. I didn't say that. I'm just saying he is not bred in it as much as recent NMSU programs have been. You're taking half of your team has not experienced. This. I, they I agree more this. with the t- with the players than I do the coaches. I guess my now you are taking a Michigan team who same most same head coach, same offensive coordinator for a few years now. Half the staff's been here for several years. Brutal loss last season. Horrible loss last season. Mm -hmm. Something that has burned and motivated this program all summer, all fall, every game. As much as Dylan says I like to downplay what this game means. You do. This is absolutely just one small step down from the Ohio State game this year. There's two games circled on that calendar this year. This is one of them. This game, they have been prepping for since last October. Mel had an interview the other day where he was talking about, you know, as ever since I've been here, every single day, people have talked to him about the game, right? And Mel, again, not only is he coach in these games, he he's from Ohio. So I think he knows the rivalry plenty. And I think his players respect him enough to – understand everything that he's trying to ingrain in them and at michigan state i'm sure that's you your day one training packet is we hate the fuck out of michigan as first page on the itinerary obviously they have a lot of new players that haven't been in the rivalry before but i think there's other there are other ways and other you know bulletin board material that the players can look at and then they can just 
fester that hate up because they still have teammates who have been obviously part of the rivalry. And then if Mel's hearing it every day from somebody, you know the players are as well, and they're probably more active on social media and everything else. So they're seeing all these things uh, that guys are saying, whether it was uh, Braylon Edwards saying what he said. Um, or really anybody else, they're probably pissed that Michigan's ranked higher than they are. Hey, we beat these guys last year, and we're both undefeated, so why do they get this ranking? Um, so I, I, it's probably more, I, I would agree, Michigan, uh, they're, they're more, uh, they have more fire in them than they have in years past, uh, as long as they know our players' first and last names. Like, that. that's a start in, in the right direction. But I wouldn't. That's why Joe isn't there anymore. <laughs> but I wouldn't downplay Dumbass. how much Michigan State wanted to win this game, and still how much they hate Michigan, even if it is their rookie year in the rivalry. No, I, I, well, so I I agree with Paul's contention on this, like more than Ryan does, I guess. I they have shown in the last like since twenty eighteen on, they have shown they they do finally care as much as we do. Which, like, I say we as in the players and, like, the coaching staff, they at least take <laughs> Something it Something none seriously. of us are. <laughs> so, like, that's, I don't know. That's why That's why I think it's, like, relevant because, yeah, like, how much is a transfer? How much is Kenneth Walker coming from Wake Forest going to really understand hating a team so much if you lose to them your entire season may as well be ruined? I, I think he's heard that I a bunch. I, I and be... I, like I said, like I think people have. I think he's heard, "Hey, Corum is better than you." Hashtag yeah, but hearing it from I think someone it takes else so doesn't so matter. And Dylan understands it, but that's the key. You keep saying, "Oh, oh, well, they've heard it. It's been ingrained in them." They've hearing been it's not about the same it. as feeling it's, it. It's not the same as living it, and that's. And I want to be clear. I'm not downplaying Michigan State's motivation in this game, or saying, "Oh, they don't care about it," or. They're not going to come ready to play or this might as well be Penn State to them. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that especially compared to – so if, if you look – if you asked the average fan, like one of the biggest factors in this rivalry under D'Antonio, uh, many people in their first couple things would point to the the way that people felt about this game, the way that the players felt about this game and the disrespect card and all of that, whereas in this year – I think Michigan has more of an edge. And I, I remember Shea Patterson talked about it. Shea Patterson was here for two years. And he said, listen, Shea Patterson grew up kind of a Michigan fan, right? Like he followed Michigan when he was younger. He almost came to Michigan out of high school and then ended up transferring here later. It's not like he was unfamiliar with the program and its rivalries. And he said it didn't, it didn't matter how much people talked about it. It didn't matter that we had lost to Michigan State a lot recently. The first year that he played MSU in 2018, which I – did we – we lost in 2018, No, right? lost uh, 17. Or was it 17? 17 we lost. In 2018 when he played that game – yeah, 18 was his first year, no, right? I don't 16. want to mix up here. So right? Shea's. Yeah. Shea's first Shea, year. Shea yeah, beat not, us the first not year. Not at Ole Miss. Yeah, in 18. Yeah. It was 18 though, right? Correct. Shea said that he was not prepared for that game, what it was. He did not understand. He thought he understood what it meant. He did not understand until he played the game and got on that field. It, 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 he said it really took playing that game, being on the field with those players, seeing the animosity on the other sideline and on the field, the stuff that goes on between the whistles. He, he thought he was prepped for it. 
And I mean, of course you're prepped for it, right? Because it's all around you and leading up to the week. It's all anybody's talking about in the whole state. And again, he's not someone that grew up unfamiliar with the rivalry. I mean, maybe he's he just said a dumb it, guy. it was a game changer. <laughs> well, you know what? And I wouldn't and argue that. Clear through his I'm not exactly. I'm not. Not exactly a shade defender, as as you guys well know. But I'm just I'm pointing to a high profile transfer that. Should have had a pretty good idea of what this rivalry meant and said that it took him a year of playing it in yeah. to really get it. I understand it. And I just it, listen, I don't I don't think that it's gonna decide this game. No, well, right. No. I just I think every little thing matters and, and we're talking about it. And something that really matters, and I think we would all agree with, um, especially the way both teams have played this year, in the stylistically how Michigan wants to play, and Dylan talked about how he's not impressed with our passing attack. Well, Michigan hasn't trailed much this year, and Michigan likes to get ahead, and they like to pound the ball and make you miserable and play from a lead. I Would everyone agree here, it's probably in Michigan State's best interest to get out to a fast start. Because if you allow uh, yeah. Michigan to take an early lead, like a, say a 10 nothing lead, and then the crowd's kind of not in the game the way that they yeah. are, and Michigan's able to pound the rock yeah. with the lead, that's... Really bad I, for Michigan State. We I, all I think it's in both teams' best interest, but so yes. I would actually. Well, it, this was something I so actually it, was well, going to. It always is. This was something I, I alluded I, to previously that I was going. I was going to mention that uh, I, I there's two things I've seen in our like worst games by far between Nebraska and Indiana that alludes to your point. Uh, we cannot be down. We cannot start slow. You you have to avoid a slow start. No, no, not avoid. We have to we have to start fast because if we don't, then um, Peyton Thorne is screwed. What I have seen and I, from him in these in those two games, if the in the first quarter, if he does not start out not perfect but comfortable, he's fucked for the rest of the game. And I I love that you phrased it like that because it, it was like you were reading my notes. I don't. Because I I, have it, I, I actually more. made notes for tonight. And I, I, I wrote down specifically, it is imperative for MSU to get off to a fast start on offense. And so that's where I want to start. You, you don't want to let Michigan play from ahead. So I want to talk about Yeah, Nebraska was quaking in their boots when that happened. When, <laughs> will you stop? <laughs> when Michigan State is on offense, I want to talk about those matchups. What MSU has to do on offense against Michigan's defense and how they need to attack this defense. That is simple. We have to do it in a way that we have not done this year. Uh, we are going to, in order to actually effectively attack the Michigan defense, we will have to do things stylistically we have not done. And it involves screenplays that actually involve blocking, which is something that Mel apparently just doesn't believe in, short routes, and playing off of play action, which we don't actually do very often. Like, Flea flickers and all that. The aside. flea flickers play action, yeah, right? No, that counts. No, it's you know what I mean. Like, I'm, like I'm actual, playing. like actual rhythm pattern. Like because no, I know what well, you mean. Because another playing. thing that a lot of people don't understand about play action, part of it is a timing. I mean, AJ of all people should understand yeah. this. Like I know he knows this. Like play action, part of the reason you do it is because it's a rhythm the quarterback right. is able to have. Which, to be fair, having an Aiden Hutchinson on the side is not conducive to all of a sudden start running play action, long developing passing plays. And I, 
if Michigan gets beat on a flea flicker this week, I want the offending person who blows <laughs> yeah. their assignment removed from the team. <laughs> oh, oh, I can promise you that oh, they have sure. repped that in practice. Oh my god, way more times than a team should ever rep defending the flea flicker in practice. Like if if Brad Hawkins decides that he's gonna sprint at Kenneth Walker oh on a flea flicker <laughs> and is halfway. To the to it's the running back by the time he pitches it back it to Thor. I will have to walk out of the room so that I do not harm Ryan's TV. I'll be so upset. This is so why we're not watching together. Oh, I'm being hyperbolic. I Relax know. yourself. I'm not gonna break anything. I, I I do think so I we've and honestly, Dylan, it's weird because I'm pretty sure that we have different opinions on the outcome of this game, but we'll get to that a little later. But it's weird to me because I think we agree on a lot of principal things. And I guess we just think ex- we just differ on the execution of them. Uh, you said Michigan State has to do something they haven't done all season. And that's use the short parts of the field, right? Sustained drives. Can I say that? I, I, I think sustaining no, drives is going to be really important. That entirely depends on how the first quarter goes. Because to be fair, if y'all are the one playing a touchdown catch up, no, we don't need to. But if we're down, yes. Because well, we can't. I, I think it's important either way. But my concern is your offense isn't built to sustain drives. And it's not, I'm not just saying that because you haven't done it. You haven't really needed to do it outside of Indiana and Nebraska games would have helped if you sustained drives a little more. But for the most part, you haven't really needed to go on these long nine minute, 13 play drives to score. Right. You know, the, the drives that might have driven you, driven you nuts, but the. Coach D's teams were known for, in a way, those methodical marches down the field. I think this is important for a couple reasons. One, it's how you beat Michigan's defense. Michigan does not get beat deep. Michigan does not give up a lot of big plays. They just haven't all season. They play safeties back, and they neutralize over the top, and they contain the edges pretty darn well. And if you look at when Michigan State has had a lot of success running the ball, uh, it's been a lot of opponents making mistakes and I'm, again, I'm not saying this to disdain against msu but look so look at kenneth walker's run against Rutgers, impressive run it was fantastic but at the same time would you say that Rutgers played good defense on that play would you say that they were good at tackling in space and in i mean a guy did grind and grab him at the thigh where playing, you're supposed to try and tackle playing, the, court, the running back he didn't go for his football thun. no i get what he didn't go so, for i understand your uh, point, hard to tackle like, hercules that's man. one play and he's had an entire my, season. So if we're talking about if we're concern. talking about Michigan State on offense, just to throw my two cents in here, like the first time Michigan State has the ball, I think they've got to punch Aiden Hutchinson in the mouth. And and so find so a, you think punishing can find him? Oh no, he means block. literally. Dylan. No, I don't mean literally. But what I'm saying <laughs> is they've got. He means take two offensive linemen and grind yeah, them. Yeah, they into need the to. Dirt. But, how, well, but, well, right. but here you go, Kyle and Turley on him. That because here's what's going to happen. If there's two ways you can neutralize a, a an effective pass rush, right? You can run screens. You can well, yes, screens. But you already said that you don't do that. So you either have to establish your intermediate throwing I, game and get Peyton Thorne into a good rhythm immediately, or you have to run right at them. And one of the things that I think would set the tone really early for Michigan State 
is if they took the ball and they said, we know you have a good, you know, front seven and you're not going to get beat over the top except for, you know, against Nebraska. But um, we're going to just pound it right in your face and we're going to we're going to show you who's boss because traditionally in this game, the team that has led the stat category in rushing yards has won this game. And so if I'm either team, I'm trying to establish my ground game first. I disagree. Uh, if I if, if I were calling the game, Peyton needs to get his rhythm right well, away. Well, and that's what I was saying. It will not With matter short passes. if we don't. So I, I think, and this is going to offend some people, and I, I'm not saying this to be mean. Shocker! This is what I have seen. This is what I, I think. There's seen nothing that Michigan State can do. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> don't even show up. That's not what I said. That, Stay in the house. Relax. Uh, this is one I, I assume we still disagree very much. Uh, a, a few weeks ago, Mich- or Michigan, Dylan said that this was going to be one of the highest scoring games in the rivalry. I history. still think so. Uh, okay, I am actually. The complete reverse. I, I, not that it's going to be the lowest scoring game, but I think it is going to be much lower scoring than people expect. It's not going to be twenty twelve. Um, and, and part of it, this isn't. This is not. I it's mean, not the only be game Taylor Lewan won. Be nine six. It is. It's not going to be nine six on field goals. Okay, it's not going to be that bad. It was but twelve to ten. There are Thank a lot of much. reasons <laughs> on both sides of the ball. But right now we're going to talk about MSU. But on both sides of the ball, there's a lot of reasons to think these offenses are going to struggle to light up the scoreboard. Not they're not going to be able to move the ball a little bit. Not they're not going to be able to score at all. But to light up the scoreboard, I don't see it happening. I do believe from what I've seen because I just haven't seen evidence of the contrary. This offense is it, it truly is not to be cliche, but it's smoke and mirrors. It, it relies on mistakes misdirection and trickery we have already we've mentioned the flea flickers right so how, how many times have you run the flea flicker this year and you say oh well it's a really cool play and it works so why would we stop well there's a reason that you've ran it so much because you don't have a lot else to rely on and not just reliant on the flea flicker in general but the offense is so reliant on big plays if you look at the red zone percentage, I know Michigan's red zone struggles have been well documented and we'll get into those on the flip side of this but Michigan State is a hundredth in the country on red zone touchdown rate. A hundredth out of hold 130 on, Hold teams. on, hold on, hold on. What's our number of red zone attempts? It's got to be very pretty low. It, like, yeah, I I'm mean, sure. I don't, that, I don't think well, it's that's the thing. Is that like, low. Sure, you guys have scored plenty. Well, no, but to be uh, fair, if like you're saying, oh, well, your red zone number is bad. Yeah, but if it's like seven out of ten, that's nowhere near as bad as if it's like, well, obviously it wouldn't be seven. Like, let's say four out of ten wouldn't be nearly as bad as, say, like, 40 out of 100. You get what I'm saying? Like, okay, we don't well, get in the red so zone enough for it to be that sa- of a concern. Sample, the larger sample size always paints a better picture. Right, and I don't think but it is, you have, it's seven games. You have a large enough sample size. And, and listen, you have, take the Nebraska and Indiana games. You weren't, you weren't executing a ton of big plays against them. And, and those are perfect games to show how dependent you are on the trickery, on opposing defenses making mistakes, and on big plays. And I know, listen, obviously I'm harping on the, the two the two games your offense did the worst, but these are really the two decent defenses you've played this season. In both games, your offense scored 13 points in regulation. 13 points. That is obviously not great, right? Nebraska, famously, you guys did not get a first down in the second half. Very, very poor game. We know this. But you struggled in every way against Nebraska. You guys had 2.4 yards of carry. 
You're killing me. You're killing me. Walker. What? <sighs> Why? Because I don't. Why am I killing? I you? don't agree that it is. I don't like. I do. I disagree with your contention that those two games are indicative of oh our offense is one dimensional or like we are too reliant on big play ball. So I I, no, think, I think I think listen. it is explicitly because I mean because I've seen both of them one of them in person. It is all based on how we start. That is much more important than oh well we're not this or we're not that. That those two games were indicative of the fact that if your defense is able to get consistent pressure based on our offensive line not being extremely good in the play calling that we make, for example, the double move plays that like we are one of the best in the country at, which is not big play, it's just a very good executed play that takes up a lot of the field. We are very good at those sorts of things so long as Peyton Thorne is able to accomplish that. Those two games that you are referring to are games where he struggled in the first quarter and ne- is never able to bounce back. It's not because well, we're yes, not... I agree with that's that. That's much more of a be- problem than being reliant on a big play because that is okay, not but the you issue. Are, you are asking me to basically favor the team, the games against bad defenses no, instead of the I'm, two decent defenses All I defenses am trying to get you to do is reframe how that happens because the problem is still there... I just think it's like more readily apparent and honestly easier so what, for you to so accomplish. What, so I let me let me put it this way: what I'm trying to get at those big plays, the tons of mistakes, the trickery didn't work as well, right? I see that's in those it's in not those games. Just about trickery. Okay, it's about in those games. We're a great double move it, team. In those games, those things didn't work well. And you scored thirteen because points the quarterback in the was rattled so much he couldn't even make the most simple throws. But why was he rattled? Because, because he started out very working. poor. No, I mean in the with Nebraska specifically, it wasn't because we weren't able to hit plays. Like our first touchdown was, I think, a thirty-yard passing touchdown. That's not the problem. It's that he started out in the first drive with an interception. That's why he was okay, so but, poor. Okay, but you're 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 kind of contradicting yourself because he immediately bounced back and threw a thirty yard touchdown. But then he started the, the second the half with three straight passing plays where the actual call was perfectly fine and he overthrew three straight times. I guess I I don't really, I I don't really understand your contention. You're 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 saying like. Our quarterback played bad, so we played no, bad. No, I am stating. Yeah, that's no, the whole I am point. stating that our passing scheme is very good, and the reason why those two games it was readily apparent it wasn't was because the guy throwing the ball was not able to accomplish what See, the I just, play calling I don't was required. How you can be confident in your scheme that has only succeeded against bad defenses? Like, I, I just don't see the body of... I see that you've played two decent defenses and the passing scheme sucked against both of them. So, and, and listen, I'm not saying that you're invalid and they can't be good at passing the ball. I'm just saying, I think that the body of evidence does not support that they have this good passing scheme because in the two games that you didn't get the big plays, you didn't score. I mean, look at... So, look at Indiana, right? You scored 13 points against Indiana. Six of those points came on a 49 and a 51-yard field goal. I understand. Okay. So and you, one of them was dude, a pick well, six, can, and in Nebraska, it was a special teams touchdown. Can I, I can get that? I finish? I'm talking about Indiana. Indiana was a pick six. That was our down. touchdown. I know. Slow down. I No. Indiana wasn't a pick six. Yeah, it was. Indiana was a flea flicker. Cal Holiday no. had a pick six against I'm Indiana. sorry. Nope. You're right. I'm sorry. No, no, no. No, I'm talking about the offense. 
So I'm talking just offense. The offense scored 13 points against Indiana. Oh, I'm only talking I about the it. offense right now. All right. So Indiana, you had two really long field goals that, thank God, Coglin hit because he hasn't been that good this season. Well, he's not. Right? He's been a little shaky, but he's coming around as a late, but he hit Barry two long field goals. That was six-year points. And the only touchdown that your offense scored the entire game relied on a big trick play. I believe it was a pass to Thorne, if I recall. I could be a little bit mistaken. Um, it was it was another trick play that kept a drive going, and you got a big play out of it, and that was your only touchdown that game. Against Nebraska, your only touchdown that game came on the flea flicker. Without those smoke and mirrors elements, your offense has not done it, it. Let's be real. Even with them, your offense didn't do much against those teams. But the offense without them has done nothing except against very poor defensive teams. I'm not saying that you guys are not going to score against Michigan and that you guys cannot put up 20 points. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I think there is a ton to be concerned about because you have not shown all season inability to sustain drives. And what this really gets into that really starts to terrify me, and Dylan, it this this hits right on what you said, right? You wanna you wanna throw the ball a lot early to short passes. You said that correct? No, I I don't no, I want us to just call the plays that we have with passing plays to get him comfortable right away. I what I am afraid of, frankly, is what Ryan or not Ryan, AJ was allude was not alluding to, was mentioning. I do not want to run like three yards in a cloud of dust to start the game. I do not want to be running Kenneth Walker right down the throat of Michigan's strongest unit. That's stupid to me. I don't want to do that. I want to, us to use our strength, which is our by far our best matchup element, and get Thorne comfortable, because if he's not, it won't matter if we're in the lead or not. We're going to lose. And the reason is I because... think it is imperative that you guys get the short. I, I think, though, along the same lines of running the football is it works in the favor of Michigan State to shorten the game and keep Michigan's offense off the field and their defense on the field, alluding back to what Paul was saying about sustaining drives. So, I don't agree with that. I, and that is, it is huge. And it is, the, the statistics bear it out. So look, especially Michigan State, right? So not only have you been overly reliant on big plays, but when you haven't gotten them, it's not that your offense has not put, just put up points. Your offense has put your defense in bad positions by keeping them on the field. Michigan State is only converting 35% of the third downs on the season. 98th in the country on third down, 35%. You cannot get into long third down situations against a Michigan defense that's only giving up just over 30% of third downs. Good for top 20 in the country. It, it, you're, you're playing weakness on strength if you get into those situations, which is why it is imperative that you do not take penalties early. You do not take negative plays early. You do not go for a deep shot and miss it on first down, and then run Kenneth Walker into a line and have space down a third and ten. You do not want to do that against this. And that leads to, you have to attack Michigan's defense, where they've shown the most vulnerability this year, and that's the easy stuff underneath. Hey, Rutgers did it really well, at least in the second half. Even in the first half, they moved the ball a little bit doing it. They just didn't have good outcomes. Uh, picking up the quick outs, right? The dump-offs. 
you you guys have to work that into your game plan. And something that worries me with Kenneth Walker, so Dylan said he doesn't want to just run Kenneth Walker straight into the line, and of course you don't want to do that, but you also don't want to not use Kenneth Walker, right? And it's going to be tough, but you can't abandon the run game, and you can't abandon one of your better offensive threats. But a problem with having Kenneth Walker out there and how that you need to attack Michigan's defense is Kenneth Walker is not a receiving threat. Kenneth Walker's caught five passes this season. Connor Hayward, 25, 25 yards receiving on the season, Kenneth Walker. And that the reason that that is somewhat of a problem is because when he's on the field, if he's getting the ball, it's just not in the passing game. You're going to have to... One thing that I have not heard, and maybe you guys are going to get to it, I don't know. Something that is going to be really important is Thorne's movement this game. So Thorne is not necessarily a mobile quarterback, but I would not consider him a stiff, right? Like I wouldn't consider him a stiff. Like I don't, he's not Peyton Manning back there. I don't think so. Uh, he, he, he can move. He's not Brian Lewerke running the football, but he, he's not a Peyton Manning. He can move. God. He is going, he is going to need to be able to make smart, quick decisions with his feet. It is going to be imperative because Dylan, Dylan said it already. It's a concern with the long developing pass plays. Michigan's Michigan state's offensive line does not have a good shot at holding up against Michigan's defensive line on long developing plays. It's just, I, I don't see how it happens. Michigan's defensive line is too good. It attacks you from too many ways, and we have too much pressure off the edge. Dylan, I'm curious to know, though, why you don't why you don't agree with me on the idea of shortening the game. No, I don't, and there's a very, like, there's a few reasons. Uh, first and foremost, that is your game, is those kind of shortening the game, long drives. I don't want to match long drive for long drive explicitly because we just, like, we don't do that. That's just not something our team can do. We just can't. And that doesn't necessarily mean that we are not still able to be successful on offense. But what that means is that, like, that's just not the style of how we play football. That's not the way our offense functions. And to force ourselves to become what you do best is going to inherently favor you guys. Understood. That's I think, fair. well, like the Nebraska game is kind of proof, proof of concept. You are one blown whistle away from, to be fair, probably losing that game. Although of course, right. What Jim said, they were moving the ball and lining all that. I, all I'm really trying to say is like, it was a tight game, right? And that was, what was the score of that game? It was very high scoring game. You guys don't want to sprint with us. And I don't want to be punching with you. And that is going to be, in my estimation, the determination of the game. Can we do what we do best, which is get corners who are inferior to our skill players making either mistakes or just simply being out there by themselves too long? Because Jaden Reed is going to feast if we have time. But that's based on play calling. That's based on game flow that's based on how Thorne's you know actually feeling and that's my fear and why I am afraid of this game is that I just don't know if we are going to be able to give Thorne enough time to get comfortable in the first quarter long enough to be able to play our game I don't know if that's possible because I think Aiden Hutchinson serves as a very big problem for what we can do best However, one question to veer it onto the Michigan defense side of things, which Paul has said, but I do marginally disagree with, 
I mean, AJ, I don't know if you watched the Northwestern game, but you guys did give up a 75-yard touchdown. Now, to be fair, it was not because you guys were like, oh, you just sucked that play. You just legitimately, like, didn't do your scheme right. That's why it happened. And those sorts of lapses. Well, that was a run play. No, 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 no. But but in the Nebraska game, how many times did we say, wow, you guys got, like, in that third and fourth quarter, how many times did your secondary get beat by Nebraska to get those long touchdowns? We, that but is we a, were, but so that the, is a concern you the, have to be afraid of when it comes to playing against our big play offense. So specifically the third quarter, Michigan had breakdown after breakdown personnel-wise. It right. was defensively the worst performance we've had this season. Um, but specifically, like the third quarter was horrible. But the reason that I don't take that as an indictment going forward is one it's clearly been corrected as you saw against northwestern and yes northwestern offensively is not the caliber of team that nebraska is it's a little bit different but that those were issues that were simply players were making mistakes over and over again players that have not done that all season have did not do that before and have not done that since but how is the argument but you said the argument right that michigan state played the best two defenses that they did and they didn't look great Nebraska is arguably the best offense you faced and you wound up having a lot of mistakes. I don't see how that couldn't wind up becoming a problem against our because, offense. Because the mistakes so the mistakes were not talent issues or scheme issues. That's where they are simply mistakes. And in those mistakes are not mistakes that you judge a team's future performance by. It, listen, if they play like that and make those same mistakes against MSU, you guys will score 40 points. But there's no reason, there's no reasonable reason that when projecting a game, you would expect that to happen when the sample size says that that's not going to happen. Are you going to get a couple of those and get big plays or long drives off of them? Yeah, sure you could. But to expect them to play like that over the course of a game and, and let Michigan State score 40 points, I think would be a quite frankly ridiculous assertion. Okay, I do appre- I, I get what you're saying. The only reason why I would say I don't know if I would say that that is what happened in that game is because the mistakes that were happening were primarily off of misdirection that Nebraska was running. You guys were like straight up fooled. We well, we were wildly undisciplined. Right. And, uh, and that's, but that's the thing listen, is that if uh, we, we can possibly potentially because of the way that we play get you into those situations, not just because, oh, well, whoopsie. It's because that's like how our offenses play. I mean, you say yourself, right? Like trick plays and all I, that. That's exactly. literally yes. what we do. So I don't see how that we, can't be at least a concern. It may not happen, if we were but it's to still play a concern. Like that, if we were to play like that, we will lose the football game. Like there's no doubt in the world we will lose. If that plays right into your hand. That is exactly the key for Michigan on defense is straight up being disciplined. Like – maintaining your assignment and being disciplined and we will handle Michigan state on offense. If we don't do those things, Michigan state will have a field day. It plays right into your hand and exactly what makes you guys successful. It's like I said, at the beginning of the cast, I don't remember if it was during the cast or when we were just talking before I said, if we get beat on a flea flicker, I want the offending party removed from the team. (laughs) Like if Brad Hawkins is at the line of scrimmage when Kenneth Walker's tossing the ball back to Thorne to throw it deep, like (laughs) I, I just bent kick him, just send him home. Put him on, tell him to walk back to Ann Arbor. He doesn't need to play the rest of the game. And I was kind of joking, but honestly, not really. Cause like you cannot afford to get beat on those things. And those are things that are going to be prepped for. Yes. If we, if we fall for this stuff over and over, it's going to be a long day. I just don't see evidence okay. to expect AJ that. Being the a o- game AJ that. being the other Michigan guy. 
what about yourself? It is and it isn't. I've told you guys this entire season I've been waiting for the other shoe to drop. I thought it was the Nebraska game, to be honest with you. It, like, a lot of those things, like, a lot of those plays, like the one with the, I think it was the tight end, that just kind of, like, sn- He ran straight, straight down past, the field. Yeah, straight past the... And nobody, nobody covered yeah, it was a because blown of assignment. mistake. And, and so, like, <laughs> look, there, it doesn't concern me because I think things like that get corrected. Um... Now, if AJ had listened to the last five minutes, he would have just said, I agree with Paul. <laughs> but I literally, because he's going in the same exact direction of everything I said, and he just missed it. Well, no offense, AJ. I, don't use it. You can't, you can't blame him. But here's the deal. Like, I mean, Ryan hasn't said a thing this entire podcast because, <laughs> you know. Um, Granular, I don't know what to say. What, what I was, where I was going with that is I know that there's going to be blown assignments on Saturday. I know there's going to be mistakes made on Saturday. Whichever team makes those in the least crucial time, obviously, is going to win the game. Do I trust Michigan to make that in the least crucial time? I don't know. I honestly don't even really know how to answer that. Am I concerned? Yes. On the other side, am I concerned? Not as much as far as Nebraska goes because I think it was cleaned up. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely concerned about Michigan State's offense and your ability to trick. You know, that's the one thing that you do with aggressive defenses, right? Is you you try to get them out of position by using a little misdirection. And will they fall for it? I I would like to think that they wouldn't, but I'm also waiting for the other shoe to drop. I guess the you just we we turned AJ into an eternal. Oh pessimist. man, yeah, I, I, legitimately. We ruined. I him. guess. Oh my, my goodness! My thing was, in the span of a half hour, but the, like it's I guess the reason why I am the uh, what I guess I, <laughs> no, I'm not trying tonight. to get at though oh. is that like okay, ne- right, Nebraska, you think that was cleaned up? That's fine, but I don't think anyone here is going to argue that Nebraska's offense is anywhere near the explosive caliber we are. And if I, I think it's better. Fine, fine. <laughs> and fine. I, and, and your, advanced add, statistics add bear that tracker. out. Right, that's a tick it, tracker. It, for no, sure. it's not. That's no, it. Numbers. Listen, this numbers are on my side. Like I'm not. I'm not just saying that to pop yeah, off. Okay, if we I, played against Oklahoma's has, defense, we would too, dude. Come on. You they saw what Oklahoma's defense did. They like 23 points. Or I was gonna say it's not like they lit them up. I'm I'm not here for that. I it's fine. They they fine. certainly sustain more tribes. All though. I know is that we had a bye week for one thing. But I again, I just you say that it's cleaned up. Yeah, sure, it's cleaned up for your players. But our do you know what, do you know what I truly believe that. is going to happen? I truly believe I, that in this bye week, for. you guys put something in for the first drive. But what's always going to happen is. Whatever you plan for and whatever you schemed for during this bye week and the trickeration, you may try one or two times and then you're going to go back to what you're comfortable with. Which is the same sort of thing. No, yeah, I mean, if it, if it works, you may try to run uh, the flea flicker, and I'm all on board with what Paul said. I am if, not. Stop listen, with the flea flicker. But, I am okay, being, but that's like your bread and butter play right now. So, like, 
No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, we'd like we to stop with it if you didn't times. have to run it to score Listen, points. No. I have never seen an offense run a flea flicker more than like once or twice in a season. You guys have okay, literally for run it like, and they run it for a right, reason. Because Listen, three times hey, a game, to be fair, four times a game, we're good at it. But that's not even our best trick Dylan. play. Our best play is the double move. No, what it's you're supposed amazing. to do okay, is not throw all, to the man. First of all, Dylan, you, you have to distinguish. You have to distinguish between a double move is not a trick play. Okay. No, 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 no. Okay. You're, you are correct. The fake swing pass to the to the post pattern. Yeah, that's that, what it is. That, but that's also not a trick play. It's not. No. Okay. It's misdirection. I, Paul, misdirection. Yeah. No, no, Let's no, call but, it misdirection. Right, but Paul was saying trickery. It's trickery. He was saying it's trickery. Right. Mirrors. That's what it's I was saying. It's the sharing. basis of the right. I was saying we trickery know. because your first, like, what is the apparent play is not what actually sure. it is. What it is sure. is we have our, our, our uh, slot receiver. Lines of going out on what looks like a receiver screen, yeah. and then Reed goes straight the down play. the field, and they're right. That is our best play. Yeah, by that's misdirection. That's like a counter. Right, Ryan. You've watched every single game from beginning to end. You've seen our offense in every single facet of the game, from trick plays to regular plays. What are your thoughts on our offense and how we get to score in this Thank game? You. Uh, I I do think that you need balance. Obviously, if both these teams had their pick they would just run the ball 50 times and gain 300 yards, and then the other team wouldn't even be able to touch the ball. Is that going to be successful for either team? Probably not, but I do think that's going to be the number one option for both these offenses because that sets up everything else that they uh, that they want to do. For the trick play, obviously Michigan State scored on a bunch of big plays. One, I would say a lot of those big plays have been runs, and I think it's silly to penalize a team because the running back didn't run out of bounds after gaining 20 yards, and instead he went 60 yards for a touchdown. And then to say, like, oh, you know, you can't score without that. But if you just get a lot of those, same thing where you're, where you're throwing deep, whether it's a flea flicker or one of those double moves that, uh, that Dylan's talking about. Again, if you have a guy open 50 yards, it's silly not to throw to him. So I, I don't even think it's like an unfair criticism. Uh, to say, you know, they haven't been able to sustain drives, but to somehow take, like, their big playability and use that as a negative, I think is uh, – I, I think that part is, is pretty I, I, silly. Nobody I, did that. I mean, we and we definitely sustained drives against Miami. Not a great defense, but we did sustain drives against them that entire second half. Because Thorne was hitting early, and so he was yeah. comfortable right. to do so, yeah. and, which is where it comes back to my first point. And with the – Obviously, you have the bye week ahead of this game, and I think that does help. And I think Michigan State has the pieces and the personnel to run some of those quick passes and get Thorne in a nice rhythm early because Reed and Naylor obviously both have speed. Uh, as Paul mentioned, as Dylan mentioned, Michigan, you know, obviously they're, they're susceptible underneath. And I, I don't think their corners are that good anyway. I think Dax Hill is sweet. Everyone else – you know, I think, you know, you could take or leave. So I do think that there's going to be the opportunity for those big plays and the opportunity to win this game through the air. But you obviously, you can't abandon you can't abandon the run and for Michigan State to kind of neutralize Aiden Hutchinson. You know, it's, it's hard to do, but I think as A.J. mentioned in the first 15 or 20 minutes of this podcast – you can neutralize a pass rush to the best of your ability. I know Michigan, uh, they probably got a lot of 
you know, like QB pressures. They don't get to the quarterback. They don't get the quarterback on the ground a lot. Uh, as far as sacks, they are only 70th in the country. And Michigan State is uh, 26th in sacks given up. I still don't no, think the no, offensive no, line is great. Sorry. What? Uh, no, no, sorry. I thought you were reading something wrong because we're Michigan State's fifth in the country with 26 sacks. Yeah, no, yeah, they're, saying, yeah no, I'm talking about the offensive line. Yeah, and I, like I said, I think they have the personnel to do that. I think the bye week really helps you with a lot of that stuff where if you weren't successful with the, in the Indiana or the Nebraska game um, or any of these other games that you might want to point out, I think the bye week is the week that you – use to clean up that stuff and show your players hey this is how they almost got beaten by nebraska this is what they were able to do uh that allowed you to uh overtake them you guys are better than nebraska you can do x y and z uh you know maybe like the indiana and ohio state game was was that 2016 2017 something like that i think it's 2016 um where Ohio, where Indiana kind of showed them the blueprint of if you get these crossing patterns, Michigan can really be beat. Indiana just didn't have the talent to do it, and then Ohio State, uh, you know, they they ran that to Decimated death. In, <laughs> right, they ran it into the ground, and they are obviously wildly successful with it. That was eighteen, two thousand eighteen. Okay. So that's I, yeah, right, because sixteen was the was the spot game. Um, it was it was when our entire defensive line was hurt. Sure. So but I think which I think what you can end up doing is using that bye week to fix some of those things that you say, you know, we haven't seen Michigan State be able to do. And again, at the end of the day, I think both teams are going to want to run. Uh, uh, they're going to want to run the football. AJ did bring up the stat. The team that wins the rushing battle usually wins the game. And both teams have running backs capable of winning you the game and winning you that rushing battle. Uh, I do think it's more about balance for Michigan State, though. I think if you throw it 45 times, you're going to lose. And I think if you try and run the ball 45 times, that's not going to be successful either. But I think you do try and establish the run early because if you if you do establish the run early and it ends up working, then obviously you just stick with it. I don't see that happening, but I, I don't think it's something that you can just abandon right off the gate. Okay. Uh, my I mean, a very I, simple response sorry. to Ryan uh, – if we do that, we're screwed. I do not. I I disagree with you wholeheartedly. We are screwed if we, if we do that. That's just my opinion. Well, you have to try. No, no. no. I am not. I am saying I do not want to do Mark 2.0 where we think that we can just run straight at no, you in the first quarter. I don't the, want to do that. I mean, that's the thing with it. You can't be stubborn with it, but like you have to try. You can't but just throw it 45 times and win the game. That's not going to happen. infinitely you know more important for our success for this game that Peyton Thorne is comfortable more than we are able to outrush Michigan. And Peyton like Thorne has been say, comfortable in the games where we've gone our biggest rushing games. Those yeah, are the games I don't, he's I don't know best. how you expect I, – I agree with all, Ryan 100%. I don't know how you expect Thorne to look comfortable if you don't have a running game to lean on. It, it's not going to happen if Michigan's defense can sit on Thorne. Yeah. And it, really, this boils – the whole, the whole, this whole matchup on this side of the ball boils down to me. I think that Michigan has a lot more answers for Michigan State than vice versa. So you look at, so your passing attack, Reed is awesome. Okay, Reed is an NFL player. He is. He's a really good receiver. The problem is, I don't love what you have behind him. So look at Naylor. One. Naylor has, Naylor legitimately probably has like four, three, five speed. Okay, like he's he's a speedster. The problem with Naylor is he's not a receiver. He's a one trick pony. He's going to sprint down the field and hopefully burn the defense. Pretty good trick. What happens when Mike 
What have it is a good trick if it works against bad teams, but it didn't work against Nebraska. It didn't work against Indiana. What happens when Mike McDonald puts bracket coverage on Naylor and puts Dax Hill on Jalen Reed and makes him take the I tough plays all the way up and down the field? In Reed's favor, most I mean, of the time. Li- listen against Dax Hill. I mean, and, it, and it, risk. listen, it's not like Trey Mosley go wild underneath. It, it's not. That's true. It, it's not that it's not that he's not going to win any. I mean, yeah, he'll he'll win a couple of those battles, but for the most part, now your two primaries are out. You guys don't have tight ends to attack the field with, and we already talked about Kenneth Walker is not a legitimate receiving option to lean on. So if if you look at you got Dax Hill, Dax Hill and Reed locking him up, and when I say locking him up, I mean he's not going to go off. Not that he's not going to catch any passes. Bracket coverage on Naylor running down the field. Now you're putting seven, sometimes eight in the box. What are, what are we doing here? What are your options? What, you're going to have the offensive line block Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo and Chris Hinton and Mozzie Smith and our blitzing linebackers for seven seconds until someone gets open? I just think Michigan has so many more options matchup-wise. When we talk about the biggest weakness in this matchup, specifically MSU's offense versus Michigan's defense, it's it's Michigan State's offensive line. Like you can nitpick all over the place, but the biggest weakness of these two is Michigan State's offensive line, and Michigan has the defensive line to make you pay for it. They do, so you have to attack. How are you going to say that when way? Michigan State's defensive line is has a has sack, way more sacks than Michigan's has? I we're not talking right. about Right, he said on this right side of the ball, by far the worst matchup between two sides is the state offensive line versus the Michigan defensive line. That Thank is you. accurate in like every way, which kind which like leads me to where I am going in this game. But I just like that with that being the case, that's why I just don't think a, relying on a even attack is going to be the way to win this specific game. If, uh, Ryan and I are just not going to – I'm not going to agree with any of you, I guess. But I also like, think that if you rely solely on the arm of Peyton Thorne to win this game, I think you're going to lose it too. You're not beating us in a sprint. If we make it a sprint, you are going to lose. The only way we can do that with everything we are discussing is with a passing game with a quarterback that is capable of making those throws. See, I don't think you get out of the blocks fast enough to make it a sprint. Well, and you say making a sprint anyways. Just because you're sprinting to score doesn't mean we have to sprint to score. You you can score in two I plays and we can go on a 14-play drive like, and I, even the score. We need to be a, basically ahead for most of this game. If we are behind. That I do agree well, But that's what I mean when I say a sprint. You need to always be pressing, I guess, is the way I would put it. Like, sure, you could sustain your drive, but then if we come back and bam, three plays later, just score again. I mean, you, you, you have to do everything you can to make – to give Michigan less options on offense. You have to make them as one-dimensional as possible and not not the way they want to be. Um, if that's going to succeed, uh, I don't know about that. But that's – we talked about a ton sustaining drives. You say it a thousand times because Michigan State has not done it all year. They don't score once they get in the red zone, even if you think it's too small of a sample size to judge. Look at time of possession. Like 120th in the country out of 130 teams. Now again, Ryan Ryan's whole thing is, oh, why are we punishing the team for scoring fast or hitting on big plays? It, it's not. If they did that consistently and were putting up 50 points a game, no one would say, oh my God, they're scoring too much and scoring too fast with too big a plays. The problem is, there's been games where they didn't do that and they just didn't score. 
they didn't have a counter punch. Mm-hmm. Their first, their, listen, they, they they got a big left like Mystic Mac, but that got shut down. They didn't have a counter, and they just didn't score at all. And that's that's the concern here. So it's not we're not knocking MSU for being too explosive on offense. We're knocking MSU for when they're not explosive on offense, running out of options. And if you don't, if you play like you're the 119th in time of possession in this game, you're gonna lose this football game. And that's where we'll flip over to Michigan on offense because that's what they do is they control the game on the offensive side of the ball. And Michigan State's defense is going to have to, and listen, Michigan State, I'm going to surprise you guys. I have a lot of good things to say about Michigan State's defense. I'm going to let you guys There's talk a bunch for a of while. Lies. I have many good things to say. I have, <laughs> what's lies? Oh, I really do have a lot of good things to say about Michigan State's defense. Uh, um, they're not as bad I, as I'll they once guys, were. I'll let you guys hear uh, No, I, I put it this way. Your defense is a lot I better than your offense. I think there's two easy things for Michigan. Not easy, but like easy to identify. Um, Michigan's red zone offense against Michigan State's red zone defense. Michigan's red zone offense, not very good. Michigan's red zone de- Michigan State's red zone defense, really excellent. So if you can like keep Michigan two field goals, Moody's probably going to end up making the field goals. If he gives us one, fantastic. But he's probably going to make the field goals. So holding them to three instead of seven, which you hear in obviously every game, right? But this is one where the – the matchups would dictate, hey, maybe this is something that Michigan State can take advantage of, the bend, don't break defense. And then winning first down to where Matt mentioned it, Michigan State is fifth in the country in sacks. If you can win first down and put Michigan into like second and eight, second and nine, and get them into more obvious passing situations on second down, on third down, that's going to bode well for your defense. Where you run into problems is if Michigan is getting four yards of play on first down and now it's second and six, and then they turn that into third and two and third and three, and then your pass rush is basically neutralized either because they're running a, a quick throw or they're just running the ball trying to get it. And, you know, Harbaugh likes to be aggressive on fourth down. So a lot of those third and twos or third and threes, it's not just one stop. Now you have to stop Michigan, you know, two times from getting two yards, from getting three yards. And for me, that's where the game's going to be decided is can Michigan State on defense win those first down matchups against Michigan and force them to be a little bit more one-dimensional but just let your pass rushers give them a shot give them a shot to do their thing give them a shot to get pressure give them a shot to not cater around and hopefully knock him down when he has the ball and and add to those sack numbers so for me when michigan state is on defense and michigan's on offense that's mainly what i'm going to be looking for and i think that is probably what's going to end up deciding the game obviously besides the turnovers and all the things everyone else talks about if one team is three turnovers and another is zero the the zero team is, is going to end up winning but for me winning first down should be priority number one for michigan state's defense yeah so i'm a hundred percent on board with what ryan just said like i think that first down is going to determine a lot for both teams but go, going back to what even Dylan said when Michigan State was on offense, I think it's important for Michigan's offense to get Cade into a rhythm because he's very much a rhythm quarterback. And if he's turning around and handing the ball off six, seven, eight times in a row, 
which if it's working I get it I, I don't have necessarily a problem with it like some people do but him working on rhythm is the most important thing for our offense right now because we have to be able to be two-dimensional if we are only one-dimensional Michigan will lose the game so I think establishing that rhythm for Cade early and again going back to neutralizing the pass rush right if Michigan State can get to the quarterback you can neutralize a pass rush throwing the ball but not on deep drops quick three-step right slants out those types of things that get Cade into that rhythm build that confidence for when he does need to take that shot and I think that opens up a lot of the field it opens up a lot of the playbook to then allow Michigan to be less predictive uh, or uh, on first down which really affects like Ryan was just talking the entire game I mean, to me, I've simplified it. It comes down to look at the Wisconsin-Michigan game. Be more like Michigan in that game and less like Wisconsin in that game. <laughs> you know, I – are you going to nope, follow up it. with that or was that it? No, that was it. Okay, so okay, so I think it's interesting you, you mentioned the Wisconsin-Michigan game because everyone, everyone talks about how Michigan's passing offense sucks and Cade sucks and – they they have to run the ball. To Didn't be say successful. suck. Just leaves uh, much to be desired. Okay, leaves a lot to be desired. Wisconsin has, even this year in a down year, one of the best run defenses I've ever seen. They're number one in the country by a mile, obviously, or I wouldn't be throwing out platitudes like that. They're allowing one point nine yards a carry. I don't know if you're a big numbers guy. That's very, very bad for opposing offenses. The only reason teams, for the most part, are beating Wisconsin is because their offense is so freaking horrible. And no offense to AJ, but AJ, at his advanced age, would make a much better quarterback than whatever the hell they are rolling out there right now. And those are just the facts. I mean, Golden Glove AJ is ready to suit up. AJ's in his prime. I'm talking about him like that. Never left. I never left my. He hasn't even begun. That's right. (laughs) He's a five star man. (laughs) I, I I follow up I follow up on Matt's Wisconsin notation because Wisconsin's very good run defense held Michigan's very good run offense to two and a half yards a carry. Now running backs got two point seven yards a carry. Very scary stuff. I know. Uh Michigan still dropped thirty eight points on their head though. Right. Yeah. I, they didn't need the passing game. They didn't need <laughs> to run the ball all over to be successful. They got enough out of their quarterbacks, enough out of the passing game to drop 38 points on a team whose defense is considered one of the very best in the, depending on the advanced metric you look at, either number one or number two in the entire country, right up there with Georgia. Now, listen, you can say competition, you can say that I test, you can say, listen, I don't think that they're that good. I just think they're... Those their are just offense the numbers. didn't do them um, any favors, so yeah, no shit. It didn't. No, it didn't. And it put them in bad positions, and they turned over the ball a little bit, and then we knocked out Mertz late in the right. game. But we still scored late 38 game, points without a running game at all. Quarter. We had – that's pretty late, but I think – I don't think it was Well, the no, they were, the they were coming later. back, and then you knocked them out. and then No, they scored right before halftime. They got the ball right after halftime, and Dax – I'm 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 almost. It was one of the first two drives of the third quarter. They 
I don't think it was the first drive. It might have been the second. It okay, might have been the first drive. It was early in the first drive. Um, it was early enough. And I, I remember, I remember chuckling because when Mertz went out, I was like, "This could be bad." Mertz has been bad. Like I, I, I kind of don't want to see. Rhythm, I've seen this. Listen, like, I've seen it happen. Like if Cade gets knocked out in this Ohio game, State and JJ twice. comes in. Me and Dylan are gonna be like, "Shit!" Oh, stop! Stop it! I, I've seen it happen twice against Ohio State where we knocked out Ohio State's starting quarterback and paid for it. Okay? It, yeah, I've seen this happen. Wisconsin, Wisconsin's QB room, though, not the it's, same. It's bad, yeah. So we, we knock out Mertz, and I'm like, oh, no. What's the backup going to be Wolf. like? He was worse. He was actually worse. It was it was horrible. Oh, my God. It was so bad. I see why Mertz is starting. This is why you don't have – don't pine for the backup. The starter is starting. I thought it was really Jesus. funny when um, they so, but, threw up the stat for the backup quarterback that he'd never had a ball in-game touch the ground because he had, like, five completions and three interceptions <laughs> or something. Oh, yeah, so like, yeah, like three pick oh, or three goodness. touchdowns and two picks Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> Artwork. <laughs> No, it's. I think the Wisconsin game is important for several reasons. One, it showed that we can score without a running game. But something that I thought was important was it. What it really showed was that we were not going to be stubborn and try to punch another team in the mouth, even when they have are really good at deflecting our punches to the mouth. We did not try to run into that teeth of that defense over and over and over again unsuccessfully. Right, is, we had I to run a little bit. To do. I mean, <laughs> We're, we're not going to – we can't completely abandon the run, but we threw early and we threw often and we threw when it was advantageous to throw. The problem that we still have and the real problem with Michigan's passing game, it's not the fact that our receivers are all hurt. It's not the fact that Cade's not that good. It is the fact that we have a play caller that doesn't like to call good plays. And I that, that boils it down into a very rudimentary way to put it, but I, I don't I, – AJ, I, I'm sure you've watched most of every snap this year. I don't know how much Sparty Party in here has watched of Michigan's offense this year. I, watch, how many I do times the post games. I watch every one seen... of the games. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. I said I didn't. I yeah, didn't you see said you didn't know that a month I don't ago, know. and then I told you. <laughs> you told me you did the post games. I, why, that, listen, why would I, you can do the post games off a box score. You can do the post games off a box score. Our fans wouldn't know the difference. Let's, let's be real. D- the, the, the readers of DSN, no offense, Don, would not no even respect. know the difference. They would never no have an idea. Not to you. I'll just listen. All right. So Ryan's watched every snap. So Ryan is very well equipped to this. That's why JJ should be starting. Do you see? Oh, my God. Okay. Don't get distracted. Keep going. How often do you see Michigan pass the ball 10 yards past the line of scrimmage between the hashes? I would say, yeah. I we don't. Seen that much. We just don't do it. And it's it, it was a staple of the early yeah. gym offenses, like the first handful of years before Gaddis got here. How many tight yeah. end seams did we used to hit? Delayed releases coming out. You hit the tight end over the middle for 20 yards. Deep crossers. Yeah. Posts, right? Like how, stuff that we used to do so often. We do not at the, the most vulnerable part the of the field. The intermediate middle of the field. Not just the middle, but the intermediate middle, right? The stuff that it's not a short pass. Because we do dump offs. We'll dump it off to the running back or the tight end three yards past the line of scrimmage. All right. We'll do a quick slant six yards down the field. We do those. We don't hit the intermediate middle of the field in this offense. It is freaking infuriating. And it's middle of the field. I, I would say even I would say even ten to twenty past the line of scrimmage. Um, because we just I mean, yeah, you want to be in that like thirteen plus range, but I, Jesus Christ, I'll be happy if we throw a pass to six in the middle of the field under Gaddis. We just, we just don't do it, and it's. 
mind-boggling because you are, are Gaddis. All, his, his Maybe they haven't done it, so they consists of basically three things. That's right. They, they want to unleash <laughs> Listen, it stop. in week nine. I, I I don't I want I want that to be I true so bad. I don't enough. have hope in this. I don't. Listen, I want it to be true so bad. The, this is Gaddis's passing game. Okay, we do we do a couple things. We throw a screen. All right. We throw outside the hashes, and then we just and, take deep shots. Not just on outside streaks. the hashes, but like across the field outside the hash. I want I want like everybody from I want everybody hat. to put your schematic hat on right now. Think about this as a defensive coordinator, as a defending cornerback. Ryan, what the fuck you wait, know Ryan, that everything hey, what the fuck did you say? I didn't hear a word of it over Paul. <laughs> I said it's not just outside the hashes, like it's deep outs from the opposite hash. So it's an even longer throw. The hard yeah, the hardest yeah. balls to throw. The, and and you're doing it with a quarterback. Listen you can't even I, do it twice. I was no, done. He didn't cut me off that time. What? Maybe Matt's on a delay. I heard everything AJ said and then started talking. So maybe <laughs> you're waiting to jump in. AJ No, I'm I'm we're together. We're in tandem. Matt's just trying to break us up because he's upset. I don't know. Um no, it's it, it's infuriating because one, it's not good offense. Like it's it's bad play calling in general. But what makes it worse is it directly goes against your quarterback's strengths and weaknesses, right? Like, Cade is not... He has enough arm strength to play at this level. He has enough arm strength to play at the NFL level, at least as a backup for many, many years. Probably not as a good starter. No, I don't see it happening. But as a backup, hell yeah. He doesn't He does not lack arm strength to get it there. Like, he doesn't have a complete noodle arm, but he does not have the zip on his ball to throw 20-yard outs from the opposite hat. What are you doing? And that's like a staple of our offense down the field. Those are so hard for what purpose? Like, I understand if that's a route in your play and that's the one that's open and it's got to be thrown. That is a staple of this offense. You do the bullshit screens around the line of scrimmage. You, you throw those deep outs and then you throw streaks. If I'm, if I'm a corner and I, this guy, I know he's either breaking it outside or just sprinting down the field. How easy is my job? I don't have to worry. Listen, guys get beat deep. Because they're worried about the guy that's breaking something off to the inside. That's how you get beat deep as a defender. If I know I can just sit on this route, everyone at this level can turn and run with the receiver. Every corner at this level can flip their hips and run with the receiver if that's their only responsibility. Every or you're not playing D one football in college. You're just not. <laughs> well, that's but that's what I'm saying. That's a completely different thing that we're not utilizing. Like you get beat in the middle, or when you're worried about the stuff in the middle. And that hesitation causes you to get beat deep. If you can just sit on a route because you know that it's going, he loves to run streaks, which are great if it's part of a nice package where you do a lot of different, we just don't. We don't do. And Cade's strength is his accuracy in dissecting a defense. All the things that you should do by attacking the crap out of the middle of the field, we don't do it. And that's this game on this side of the ball, and really honestly the whole game, because Michigan is capable of dropping 40 (laughs) points in this game. They're not going to because we don't have the play caller to do it. This entire – that is not disrespectful. No, it's nothing – it's not – <laughs> Oh. I was like, what are you talking about? We're um, all looking for who it could be. It's on guess. It <laughs> 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 we're all, look, we're all looking for the guy who We're did all looking this. for the culprit. <laughs> who would do this? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, it's – this game is so much on Gaddis. But 
Even if Gaddis pulls his head out of his ass for five minutes, Michigan State is actually much better equipped to play a very good defensive game than anyone has given them credit for. And for and I don't I honestly do not understand how this narrative happened. You've been saying because it all year, it's defense, so off. So. No, I we're, thought it we're did all the first looking for the games, guy who did, but so I didn't. <laughs> all to oh, it out. First of all, it was the first few games. It was the first few games. Okay, and I was not watching every snap. I have now watched every Michigan State game. Okay, I've watched every snap of every Michigan State game this year, and I have deep dove the numbers to go along with it. Your offense is mediocre. At best, your defense is borderline it's very – like it's almost – like it's in the cusp from very good to elite. Your defense, especially passing we defense. We certainly do not everyone's have like, oh, we, we See, I don't – I think we, you we do. We do in a so, specific part of the field. I know. I don't think the offense is elite But that's the part either, of the field so that matters. Don't get that twisted, but we do not have an elite. I, I think our front okay, seven I, is pretty we're, damn we're good, and we got some damn good safety. Listen. Our safety, Henderson, bro, that dude's yeah. amazing. Yeah, we should especially get some more transfers from Alabama. Allowed, I think that's a good plan for Mel Especially if, <laughs> just keep going to Alabama just, and getting transferred. Just not that one. <laughs> not really. Just not that one. Especially if they're allowed to play the way they want to play by the officiating. Your defensive line is a terror. Like they're super good. They get after the quarterback. Now, I in this again, this is I just I'm trying to contextualize things. Do not take this as a as a, as a shot. The numbers, especially sack totals, are a little bit inflated because Michigan State has faced more passes by far than anybody else in the country. Huh. First of all, you allow ooh, you allow teams ooh, to run the most ooh, plays on you. More. I know why. Pick you me. guys. Oh, we know Pick why. Me. I know why. I'm picking I you. I'm picking you. Well, part. I, I know you. part of the reason why. At least, well, one thing playing Western Kentucky helps. That's always going to be. Sixty-five passes in that game, I think. Well, so they're, they're also up by thirty at halftime. They didn't really have a no, choice. Well, not, and that was going to be my second part, which is like for sure. My have entire opinion elite. about the defensive side of this, my whole point that I've been saying. Reason we get we get the most passes is because we are so pop off that everybody feels that they need to. Hey, you got it. Uh, yeah, you got to answer right not, away. You're 100 percent right. What was that Wait. sound effect? You yeah. also. You also allow the opposing team. Dylan would be so <laughs> deceived, or not deceived, that's the wrong word, but so, like, infatuated. I didn't realize Dylan was so dumb. Uh, it, I just, okay. It, well, for one thing, you do have to consider the fact that Dave now Warner was my offensive coordinator for far too goddamn long. Let the man live. No. Let him be excited no, that like, he's not in it. our like, system it's cool, anymore. But, like, Oh, I thought you meant let Dave Warner live. I apologize. Like, <laughs> absolutely no, no, no. not. I meant Dylan. Like, to oh, me, my it, and like I even like I think no. it's like even <laughs> simplified, and this might be an oversimplification, but like I think even going back to the discussion about JJ and Kate, I think JJ is the razzle dazzle, and Kate is the consistent contributor, and that's why people are pining for JJ. I'm not saying he's not better. Okay, he he probably yes, you are. No, what I'm. What you I'm are, saying it's is, true. like, will JJ be better than Kate ultimately? Yes. Is he right now? No. But we see the flash of the, the arm strength and all that. And it's the ceiling floor and, argument yeah, that I and, and I and yeah, it, and I, I, I've had this discussion. I hate that argument. Like, the ceiling versus the floor. I want to know what's going on right now kind of thing. And... The ceiling is the roof. Right. <laughs> AJ wants a six-second cook as opposed to a ten that comes home late. 
I just, I, we're just, everybody's so infatuated with the razzle-dazzle that we... No, what I am in fa- Okay, I've already explained, not doing it again. I, as Paul was alluding... Dylan's lost patience. Well, but, but, no, but what you were saying about the pat, that was literally, like, my entire opinion about the way our defense needs to play. Like, this was something I said with Michigan State, works for you too. If you're whoever is going to win this game is going to make the other offense play more like their own offense is like a very simple way of putting it. That is how I feel, and I am apparently alone. That's fine. So no, no, you're not. So hold on, you're not alone because we agreed in the. I I just don't. So our schematically, basic like for this game, we are in agreeance. We just disagree <laughs> on who's going to execute what because what you said is right. Like so if. If the trickery works on Michigan, if the misdirection works on Michigan, if we blow our assignments, Michigan's Michigan State's offense is going to have a lot of success, and you're going to have a great chance to win this game. On the flip side, as you so you said, whoever's offense is allowed to be more their offense is going to win this game, right? So on the flip side, if you let Michigan ground and pound and get easy passes because you can't stop the run, Michigan's probably going to win the game. Like you're 100 percent right. That's kind of it i well and the other thing like the red zone part of it like i don't know how ryan or matt feels i don't want to see us in the red zone fairly ever to be honest both teams i don't so and, and i'll get to that i'll get to that yeah are you saying on offense i'm saying on offense i do not want to see us in the He's red zone offense. you, you want to score yeah. before you okay. get to the red zone i, I want to see us in the Dylan... red zone on every single offensive possession no, 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 you yes don't. I do. No. This, yes, no. I do. No, yes, I do. No, you don't. Listen, compact field. No, you don't. Right. Hang on. You're if not hearing what I'm saying. If we I'm can saying start every single goal, time we get the ball, first and goal from the one the every zone. time. Listen, Dylan. Dylan's overarching point is correct because, and I think this was one of the most interesting thing when I was really splitting hairs between these teams and trying to figure out like where every advantage is and how they stack up. One thing that really was crazy to me is they are a mirror match in the red zone. Michigan State struggles to score once they get in the red zone. And Michigan is very good at stopping teams from scoring in the red zone. It's the same on the other side of the ball. Michigan struggles like hell once they get in the red zone, which is the biggest indictment in the freaking universe of Josh Gaddis. All the crap... All the crap I talked to you about, about throwing over the middle. Well, that's why we don't score in the red zone. Think about this for a second. Michigan is known for running the crap out of the ball and running it well this season, right? Like we run the ball and we're very good at it. There is no better thing to be good at in the red zone to indicate success other than ability to run the football. If you can run the football in the red zone, you should be scoring like touchdowns on 70 plus percent of your drives in the red zone. The fact that we we aren't and we are so good at running is such an indictment on the play calling. It is unbelievable. But regardless of the reason, we have struggled to put touchdowns up in the red zone. And Michigan State, we've talked about it all season, their bend don't break. You get to the red zone fairly easy, but then you don't score or you have to kick a field goal. It's the same on both sides. And I, I thought that was like super interesting. Both of these teams, we talked... AJ said earlier, whoever wins the rushing battle is going to win the game. I don't necessarily disagree with that, but that doesn't mean pound the rock and hope that you come out on top of the rushing attack. That just That's one of the things that it's not the rushing that dictates the outcome. It's the outcome that dictates the rushing, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That no, might not make sense, but that made sense in my head. Okay, so I think whoever, especially early on, 
can hit on a couple. It doesn't have to be an 80-yard play. But to get those touchdowns from outside the red zone, that you don't have to be perfect and execute all the way down the field, that you get a 40-yard score once you cross midfield and, and not have to settle for three, I think those that could be huge to the outcome of the game. But again, I don't want to undersell Michigan State's defense. It, it, football Outsiders is a very... I, I really like them. They do a lot of advanced metrics. They do DVOA. They do a lot of things I really like. For college, they have something called F+, and they have OF+, for offense, um, and DF+, for defense, right? Michigan State's defense is an advanced metric. It's weighted for competition. 14th in the country, just overall. Hmm. Gate, co- contrast that with the perception of Michigan State's defense. Whether you truly believe that they're that good on defense— Contrast that with how people feel about Michigan State's defense and think about how large of a disconnect is there and, and what what really attributes to that and what it means for this game. Michigan State, it, we talk about how they allow a million passing yards because they get passing all the time, right? Like Michigan has allowed 205 completions this season, okay? Now, I want to put this into context. That is tw- over 29 completions a game. Michigan does not throw the football 29 times a game. Michigan State's defense allows 29 completions a game. So you hear that and you're like, wow, that's not good. (coughs) But they're only at six yards a clip, dude. You're 18th in yards per attempt on defense in the whole country. Is that a bad defense? No, it's a Belichick defense. (laughs) It's it's, this... So you're given the checkdowns all, all day, okay? Oh, and see you in the red zone. Like I it, listen, I, I know it's scary, right? Because you you see a team drive the field with ease, and you're like, oh man, we got to hold on in the red zone again. That's what this team is designed to do, and because of the strength of the defensive line, you are built to do it. Now, it's not to say you're not vulnerable. You are vulnerable. You are vulnerable. Your corners are vulnerable. You have one safety that I like. One I'm not sold on. I linebackers, as far as covering routes, I not great. Who, who do you have in the linebacker? Calladay. Calladay. He doesn't wear gloves or sleeves. Awesome. Hate on Calladay. So listen, I stop. I tried to say Calladay was your best player, and I got yelled at. Yeah, well, no, well, that's because he's not. But he, he also okay, doesn't listen, wear sleeves. I tried to give so. him credit, and you guys were yeah, like, "No, got, f this I guy." I didn't, I didn't you guys wear pants if he had to. <laughs> I tr- I tried to give this guy credit. You guys are like, no, 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 this ain't it, Chief. Uh, no, he is he is pretty good, but he is by far your best in coverage. But he's not in a he's not a Devin Bush in coverage, right? And I mean, not many people no, are. If but he was a Devin Bush in coverage, saying. he wouldn't be playing at Michigan State unless he was a transfer. <laughs> same same with Crouch, right? So so you, same thing about Crouch. Crouch would still be at Clemson if he could cover anybody. He was at Tennessee. BVS would still be at Michigan. I don't think BVS sees the field for you guys hardly. But I, you guys have vulnerabilities, okay? You're not perfect. Not many teams are. But your defense is much better than they have gotten credit for all season. And you look back to those Indiana games, the Nebraska game. Your defense kept you in that game and allowed you to come out on top. You held Indiana to 15 points. You held Nebraska to 20 points? No. Uh, 13, I believe. No, no uh, 20. That was it. Okay. And it, yeah. it was one of those two. It was 23-20. So your, your defense 
is what allowed you to win those games. It wasn't your offense that won those games for you. It was your defense that won those games. I look at, especially the Nebraska game, right? You, your defense kept you in the game long enough for a spe- for you to do nothing on offense the whole second half, tie the game up on special teams, and then they gave you the game-winning score in overtime. Your defense yeah, did that. Our defense has won about half our games for us on the Adrian, year. Adrian Martinez helped your defense. I'll, I'll say that. Your defense, but too. Your defense, your defense did that. He did. He literally coughed up. The, his chance of winning the game. Well, what um, what did Wojo say? Adrian Martinez has the chance to win the game for either team. For either team, oh, it's it's like Jameis, it's like Jameis Winston. It's, he's going to give both teams a chance to win the football game. It's, it's fantastic, very exciting to watch. Um, I, I your defense is my larger concern in this game. I'm not worried about Michigan State's offense as a Michigan fan. I do not see you guys putting up a lot of points, but I am concerned about Josh Gaddis doing the things that we need to do. Because you know what we need to do to attack your defense is attack those intermediates over the middle of the field. And we need to do that against everybody. But especially, we need to isolate your linebackers and your safeties. And we need to hit you where you're vulnerable. If we're not going to do that, it's going to be a lot of field goals. And it's going to be a lot of frustration. And it's going to be a lot of stalled drives. Unless we just run all over you. But Michigan State doesn't just let teams run all over them. They have a nice rushing defense. We no, need to get no. to the pick soon, or we're going to lose AJ. Yeah, we're I going. was going to say. Yeah, we're I don't. Going. I don't think either team's going to score close. so many points. I think if you're sitting at 24 points by the end of the third quarter, you're in the game. I and I agree. And Dylan, Dylan has been on the and shootout. The, the over under, I think, is 50, I, I or 50 and a half or something. I I, w- I would take the under. <laughs> I, not, I mean, that doesn't really spoil my pick. I, I, I would take the under in that. The, the only thing, I mean, not the only thing. There's there's a few concerning things, but one of the things that you get worried about a little bit is Michigan State getting off the field. Michigan State has given up too many third down and longs. And part of it is Michigan State's offense running so few plays, but nobody runs more plays than Michigan State's opponents a game. 130th in FBS out of 130 teams, 88 plays a game opponents are running. If your offense cannot sustain drives and your defense is on the field for long stretches of the time over and over again, you are not going to be able to keep Michigan's rushing attack in check. You're just that you're going to wear down. It is not going to be the defense's fault. You cannot, you cannot allow the defense to play 80 to 90 snaps against Michigan and expect them to hold up, especially in the running game. It's not going to happen. So your offense has to help them and your defense has to get off the field and third down. The problem is, and it's a scary thing, Michigan does not give up negative plays. Cade has been sacked, I think, twice this season. JJ's been sacked, I think, once this season. They're second in college football for fewest sacks. And I think maybe once or twice has a running play been stuffed at or behind the line of scrimmage this season. Number one in the country, we do not lose yards when we run the football. We don't always gain 100 but we do not lose yardage when we run the football. We just we don't go backwards, and we don't hurt ourselves. <laughs> we don't commit a ton of penalties. Just It's just not something we do. So that's where Michigan State, you're going to be in a lot of third and mediums. You're not going to have a ton of third and tens, third and fifteens, and you got to get off the field on them. That, that, that will be a huge key. But Gaddis is going to help you a lot by not attacking the middle of the field. Because he, he doesn't want to deal with so, holiday. You're in good shape. I want to. We're, we're going to wrap this. 
I don't know if there's anything else specific that you guys think is going to really lead to the outcome of this game. Um, what, one thing that I think is that we've talked about a bit is third down offense and defense. Michigan's better. Michigan has a better third down offense. They have a better third down defense. Um, I, I think that's huge because we talked about sustaining drives, time of possession, your defense being on the field. I think that's going to matter a lot. Um, I don't, I don't think it's going to matter too much, but we talked about Michigan state needing to get off to a fast start. I don't think the bye week helps there. Bye week's nice because you get a lot of time to game prep, but it's 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 a blessing and a curse. You get healthy, you get time to to do more film study, but you didn't have that game. Maybe you're a little rustier. Maybe you start a little slower. I I, I think that could. Be I think it super helps with the script of the game. But the script is for yeah, ten plays. That's that's the fast start. <laughs> it's the start. It's this the only thing. But if matters. you don't execute because you're rusty, nah, that'll be hey. fine. Our that's execution is not going to be based off of rest now. And I, I will wait for the picks to diverge on that. I think the only thing that did, we didn't talk about was, you know, discipline, discipline football and not turning the ball over. Both of these teams are in the Good. plus. Uh, <laughs> Michigan uh, is 19th in the country at plus six. Michigan State 25th at plus five. Uh, so you should see disciplined football by both of these teams, and hopefully, you know, it's a clean game, and you know there aren't that many turnovers, and we get to see what these teams are really made of. I could have made could have made this a I way shorter curious. podcast if we just said, "Hey, the team that turns the ball over less." <laughs> I can't believe AJ didn't say that. Actually, he as soon as he, I was waiting, so he said the rushing thing. And then I, I was waiting for him to be like, and if Kate doesn't turn over and Peyton turns over twice, missions go win the football game. Uh, no, I, I do think the penalty thing is actually really interesting. Um, Michigan State has given up a lot of penalties. This wasn't. Hang on, stop. Um, this was not meant to be a deep dive. That was that was me leading into. <laughs> we have, and we have talked this game no, to I, death. I'm wrapping and up. It's, time to I, make it's the my. Picks. It's the last. It's the la- it's you my last, your last thing. Picks. It's Relax. <laughs> it's time oh, to make the oh, Michigan State. Michigan, Michigan State, State has given up. A lot. Michigan minus four. What do you think? <laughs> God bless. Uh, you mean? Wait, I, it's interesting. One thing. It is Are you one thing. About Stop. The flags? Michigan penalty what? yardage. You guys getting penalized? <laughs> what? I don't want. What I, is your I just don't want to talk about this because it makes me fucking mad. Well, so I I just think it's fascinating because so we always uh, I complain a ton. I complain about a ton about opponents of Michigan just, not getting flagged I, all the time, especially especially holding because that's you guys are going to hold Hutch all day and get away with it. And it's going to piss me off. It is what it is. Already but I excuses. find it really interesting. Michigan State, <laughs> hundred and fourteen in penalty now. yardage on the season. Mm-hmm. You guys, you guys have been penalized a ton, but Michigan, Michigan with that defensive line that gets held every single play is hundred and twenty second, hundred and twenty second in penalty yards drawn. We are not, other teams are not getting penalized against us. You guys are getting penalized all the time. I am really curious to see which way that breaks. I would prepare with that being said, Dylan, since I know you're chopping we are going we are going to do the picks and it only makes sense to start with this football game. Michigan goes to East Lansing in the most hyped up game of our lifetime for good reason. I mean absolutely. Ryan said it earlier. This is the game in this rivalry since we've been alive. I mean, AJ, maybe not. AJ and Matt have been around a long time. But for us, at least, the young kiddos, Michigan is a minus four points on the road in East Lansing. 
Michigan State, uh, 11 and 2 against the spread in the last 13. In the last 20 years, it's been a 10-10 even split of wins. I got, I'm going to take Michigan State to win because that's what I want to happen, and that's what I think is going to happen. So, giving me the four. Give points me scores. Let's do scores just for this. A gravy, a gravy train. Twenty-eight to twenty-two, Michigan State. Go green. Ah, oh, it is a game of inverses. It is either Michigan State plays in a sprint or Michigan plays in a slog, and it'll be. I I don't like being overly overly simplistic, but uh, basically, if Michigan State scores over twenty over twenty-five, we win. If we score under 25, we lose. Very simple in my mind. Uh, to back to some of the things we talked about before, I am afraid that Michigan State won't be able to do the things that they are supposed to do, not because of anything other than the simple fact that I just don't think Peyton Thorne will have time in that first quarter. will set the tone where Michigan's defensive line is going to prove he has no time. He'll be rattled. And he, he just won't be able to do the things that we need to do. Not because the scheme isn't there, but because the time is just simply not there. And so I will be taking Michigan, the points, and I will say it is Michigan 27 to state at either 20 or 17, or it doesn't matter, honestly, but let's say 20. I'm very intrigued by that pick there, Dylan. When I saw the spread and I heard it announced, I, I, I thought that this was going to be a close game. Back to my original question of will it actually give us answers about our team. Um, and I'm actually going to take Michigan State to cover. Yeah. Give me a oh, score. Give you a score? I, I think Michigan back one up from, I think from that traitorous so bitch. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily agree with Dylan that if – Michigan State gets to 25, they win. So just for spite, I'm going to say 31-28 Michigan. <laughs> Man, if, if the <laughs> over hits, we are winning this game. Man, I, I, think it's, I think it's really interesting that Dylan kind of backed down on a super high score game. I don't even know what game. the over is, but it doesn't matter. 50 and a half. Okay, well. 50 I'll and still a half. stick with 31. No, we'll win... 26, 20, yeah. 26, 23. You're good. You're good. You're good. Well, then, they, you know, <laughs> never mind. Oh, then you're fitting yeah. into my yeah, narrative, right. sir. Yeah. So we'll go. Yeah. Oh, who's dumb now? <laughs> yeah, you no, don't you need to listen what? to that traitorous bitch, AJ. You can. We're going to go 28, 25. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. You suck, Sam. Oh, my God. I don't even uh, know if that score makes I, sense. It probably does. Also, but... that's still the over. How many field goals it's is that? That's so over, many field goals. Whatever. I can't mathematically get there, so I can't do half points. <laughs> Despite Paul's shit talking, I think Jaden Reed and Jalen Naylor are going to make a big difference in this game for Michigan State. Uh, them combined with Peyton Thorne, I think they make more big plays than Michigan's receiving core and quarterback making this game. And I think that'll be the difference. I think both run games are going to struggle. Uh, if Kenneth Walker gets anywhere near 100 yards, I think that's a hell of a day against this Michigan run defense. Uh, and just to make it even more fun, uh, a la 2015, they actually get the punt off this time, but J- but Jaden Reed takes it to the house for a 27-24 Michigan State victory. Go it's, green. They had trouble with the coverage. <laughs> why would you why would you even say that what was, what was the score Matt you, 27 you 24 out for me 
27. Maybe 26, 23. Might be a couple more field goals than touchdowns. All right, let's do 26, 23. I like that. Uh, Don, Don had Michigan winning 27, 17, I believe. I know he posted it the other day. Uh, I think that was his. Um, and I, I considered going that route. Uh, I think, I think this is going to be settling for field goals more than either team wants to. Um, I just, I, we talked about it all night. I think Michigan has more solvable problems. Uh, Dylan brought it up about the struggles against Nebraska. Those are so much more solvable. Our, our problems are not talent. They're not, well, offense scheme is a little bit, but Gaddis could call better plays. Like nothing is stopping him from doing that. We have the players. So if he decides that he wants to call a good game, it's possible. Michigan State cannot just import an offensive line that can blockade in Hutchinson and David Ojabo. So that's why I, I think our, our problems are more solvable. I think we have a little bit less weakness. Uh, I got Michigan 23-13 to 13 in this game. Uh, 10 point victory that feels closer than 10 points. And that that's Michigan, Michigan state. It's a little, little, little more we probably boring after this. Uh, we got, can we move it? No, well, no, cause it, it works. It, cause it we feels talk like about the it end of the go right into it. It does also way more amicable than I was expecting. Well, that's because you I were told being a coward. You I was not going be. to be an asshole. Can we please move on to Iowa, I Wisconsin? Oh, let's go. Oh, go to bed, old man. Oh, okay. uh, fine. I'm the one that has to edit uh, all this bullshit out. Iowa. Uh-huh. Ninth ranked Iowa, who is still recovering from their mishap on the train tracks. They are on the road at Camp Randall, unranked Wisconsin, but that Wisconsin team, three and a half point home favorite. Uh, yeah. So uh, Iowa at Wisconsin, Wisconsin three and a half. Um, uh, uh, give me Iowa in this game. Maybe they bounce back, and if they don't, hopefully they only lose by a field goal. Uh whiskey. Uh, more an indictment on Iowa. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, give me Iowa. I got, I I got you, Iowa writes the ship against Wisconsin. Mertz is is he out still or no? No, he's been playing. He's been playing. I don't think he's been matter. playing, and Iowa's going to try and make him throw as much as possible against this very good, vaunted Iowa defense. Both teams very good against the run. Uh, I'm going to go with Iowa here because I think they have the better quarterback situation. Yes, Petras did not look good against uh, Purdue. Four interceptions did not look good against Iowa State. But I think Wisconsin's secondary is a little bit easier to attack, and I think Iowa flat out wins this game by a field goal. We've we've talked about this. Petroleum is the worst starting quarterback in in the Big Ten. He's just he's bad. Um, I like Wisconsin to win this game. The problem is this number. It's gross. Iowa's defense is good. Um, Wisconsin's defense is good. Three and a half points. Just it's weird. It's gonna be like a I don't know a nine six game. It's gonna be really gross. Um, yeah, I'm gonna take Iowa just because it, it's it's too large of a spread, especially with the hook uh, for me to back Wisconsin. Even though I think they're probably a better team than Iowa. Uh, and Jesus Christ, at least Graham Mertz gets to see, say he's the best quarterback in the game for once. So good on him. Uh, we have a – it's honestly to me, and it's weird because you got like a top 20 matchup in the SEC, but it's the most boring game on the slate to me, um, even though it's also one of the closest spread-wise. we got 10th-ranked Ole Miss on the road, two-and-a-half-point dogs to Auburn, 18th-ranked Auburn. I, I saw some PFF thing about uh, Matt Corral today. Uh, 
He's one of the top-rated quarterbacks, obviously, but something about him not being very turnover-prone. So if Ole Miss can take care of the ball, like those platitudes we were talking about in the Michigan-Michigan State game, uh, I think Ole Miss can win, and they can definitely cover. So give me the Rebels. No. Uh, Lane Kiffin in a big spot like this, I will take uh, Bo Nix. Over Bo Nix is the exact reason Bo why still I alive? take Auburn in this game. So I like Matt Corral more than I like Bo Nix. Give me a miss. Uh, yeah, Auburn Auburn's for defense goodness. is not good. Teams have racked up yard after yard <laughs> after yard. Georgia State rushed for 267 against them. Uh, you enter Old Miss with Matt Corral and that offense uh, rushing for 200, throwing for 200, shouldn't be a problem for them. The uh, the question for me is, can Auburn keep up offensively? I don't think they can. I think Ole Miss walks out with a straight-up victory. Uh, real quick, did everyone have Iowa but Dylan? Right. So we're going back-to-back Dylan on an island because Ooh. Dylan is also the only one with Ole Miss. Yeah, I Don, me, I mean, it's – I. I don't. Auburn shouldn't be favored in this game. I don't think Auburn's very good. Ole Miss has had some struggles, but they have the better quarterback. They have the better coach. They have the better everything. They don't care that they're on the road. Uh, I'll take Ole Miss to win outright, not just with a spread. Uh, and then we have the the game that ESPN really wanted to be the game, <coughs> but unfortunately, James Franklin is a fraud. Clifford is a banged up fraud. And Penn State has already dropped two games and are going to have at least three losses by the time Michigan plays them because uh, 20th ranked Penn State travels to take on number five Ohio State in the shoe as 18 and a half point dogs. This is not what people expected just a few short weeks ago. The worst thing for the entire Big Ten is Ohio State dropping a game in like September or October because then they just go on a straight warpath. So I will take the Buckeyes in this game and not think twice about it. They lost to Virginia Tech when they yep. won the title, right? Well, I think it's for one thing. I think it's just going to be a very raucous crowd in the big house with all the orange Illini fans all over the place. Uh, and for all of those reasons, Ohio State may actually kill the program. So I will take the Buckeyes. What was your big house reference there? Really? You, yeah. So James Franklin in his pressers kept saying that he was focused on Illinois at the big house. That was his strength. Uh-huh. Okay. I, you know how mad he, you know he mad has, Ohio State is that James oh Franklin like, called they, it they, called they the shoe the big house. Everyone, like I'm, a, I want oh. Noah Kane to transfer to us now because if he doesn't, he may it not is, be alive. I had I not seen it with my eyeballs and ears, hey, I would not have believed no, it. I said such nonsense. Everyone always jokes about the, a coach being like one foot out the door. He literally was. Yeah. So I'm. I mean, yeah, he's just I'm, he's I'm done. He's washed. Right Give me Ohio State. Uh, yeah, Penn State looked really, really, really not good last week against Illinois, and Illinois is just a so-so team. Uh. Considering their defense has looked suspect since uh, the Iowa game and their offense looks terrible, I don't know how they're going to score enough points against an Ohio State team that's very, very hot right now, uh, very different from the team 
that you know lost to Oregon. Penn State's running game is nowhere near Oregon to this point, and they're going to need it to be to have any chance in this game. I don't see that happening. Uh, we're getting one of those rare blowouts between these two teams, and it is rare. It hasn't happened very often lately over the last 20 years, but I think it happens this time. I think Ohio State wins by 20-plus, so give me the Buckeyes. I, I find it interesting that you mentioned Oregon. In, Ryan brought up the early loss to them. I think if they played today, Ohio State wins by three touchdowns. Yo, 100%. Like, I, there's no... I've said it a million times. Like I hate playing Ohio State at the end it's of the tradition. season tradition because their their kinks their kinks are worked out by them. Yes. That, what's that, Ryan? Tradition. Oh, he's back. Sweet. All right. Uh, their kinks are worked out by them. Uh, you got to catch them at the beginning of the season. It's not the beginning of the season. And Penn State sucks. James Franklin sucks. I told you guys a million times. Sean Clifford is not good, and he's banged up now, and he looked horrible last week. Ohio State by as many as they want to win by, so I will, of course, back them. And that's a clean sweep for Ohio State, Don in agreeance. And that takes us to the coach of the year in college football, Brady M. Effin Hoke, living his best life back at San Diego that is State. That just some hate right Still there. You're going to call that man coach of the year over Mel Tucker. Tragic. Still undefeated. Listen, one of these guys is going to finish with three losses, and one of them is not. Uh, San Diego State still undefeated after I doubted them against Air Force. 21st ranked, one-point favorites at home over a pretty solid Fresno State team. Yeah, I mean, Brady Hoke, after all the tears in Ann Arbor dry up, they're going to get to watch a Michigan man remain undefeated. <laughs> and that will be Mr. Hoke going into going into <laughs> Fresno. Not going into Fresno. They're at home, so they're going to cover this point by a million. Give me San Diego State. One one coach wins big games. San Diego State beat their one really big challenge with the Air Force, the Service Academy, so I will definitely be taking SDSU. Yeah, give me the hope train. Chugga, chugga, uh, I was all over SDSU last week, and had I taken the spreads <laughs> instead of the money line, Ryan and I would be dancing with some extra cash, but no, I had to get greedy. Had to get greedy, and Oklahoma State had to get screwed on the spot and ruin the whole shebang for us, Ryan. Uh, San Diego State has a phenomenal rushing defense. They don't have that great of a passing defense. And Fresno State, these Bulldogs can sling the rock. 380 yards passing over in five games this season. This is going to be the difference maker, and this is where San Diego State is going to get snake bit. I'm going with the Bulldogs in this one to upset the Aztecs. San Diego State for God's why, sakes. Why do you just want to cost yourself? I <laughs> I wish you hadn't brought up the betting because I, I did the same thing. Oklahoma State got me. I got a, a $600 net loss had I just taken the freaking spread. yep, spreads instead of money line. I got greedy. I wanted $1,000 instead of 500 I got greedy and they just <sighs> no business losing that game. But uh, San Diego State also has no business losing this game because they're better than Fresno State. Brady Hoke's got his boys playing. Easy dub. And that takes concludes our college picks, takes us to the NFL. And, guys, we are starting with a really exciting game. Two of the most equal teams oh, in the NFL you could possibly imagine. Oh, we got Philadelphia oh, Eagles led by oh. none other than Jalen Hurts, exquisite thrower of the football Three and a half point road favorites on the road at the. I gotta. I have to check my notes here. This can't be right. I believe it says the winless Detroit Lions, but I'm gonna have to double check that. Who could have guessed? Uh, 
Not me. Man, as much as I want the – like, I, I don't want to go 0-17. But I was looking at this game. The Eagles are two big play threats with Quez Watkins and Devontae Smith, and I think they both get loose for, like, a 50-yard touchdown. So, with that information and with that guesswork, I guess, I'm going to pick the Eagles to cover the spread, and I'll probably be pretty upset about it. I'm going to keep running into this door until it finally stops closing on me. I'm in lockstep with Dylan. It's well, so this sad. is the house made out of bricks, fellas. This, this <laughs> you is can't blow this one down. You have got, like, for the love of God, you have got to win this game because I swear. One in 16. One in 16. Because I swear, if Michigan, the worst case scenario for my listening situation is Michigan beats Michigan State. And then all Valenny has in order to just put his rage out there is the Lions going into the bye without a win. And then it's just going to be Lions forever and Dan Campbell, why he cries and all that shit. And I don't want it. So why he cries. Oh my goodness. Someone get this man a win, please. He does deserve deserve it. it. And like, I almost want to pick the Eagles because every Lions game I've picked this year, I think I have been wrong on. Uh, so I'm gonna. Well, if you pick them no, to win, no, no, yes. I mean, like, like last week, I picked the Rams means cover. to cover the spread because I said if the spread was three times thirteen and a half, I would have picked the yeah, Rams. I told you it was too big, Paul. Uh, but regardless, so I'm gonna test told Stafford. Go and get it done. I'm gonna test. Oh, I'm my sorry. Theory here, nobody expected I'm test my theory here. I'm sorry, Jim. and I'm gonna pick the Eagles to cover. Yes. So that Detroit can win. J- okay, j- right. Just listen uh, to right. me on this one, folks. I've been a Lions fan longer than all of you. Jay- <laughs> Hertz is going to look <laughs> like the quarterback that Paul and Dylan thinks he is. <laughs> but no, not me. Oh, no, no. All that shit you were talking no, 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 when he went to Oklahoma. <laughs> keep that same energy. Not as an NFL quarterback. You keep that same energy. He's going to look like that quarterback that y'all think he was. He's not, but he is going to look like it against this Lions secondary, and that's going to be a huge reason why the Lions are going to lose another game and not cover the spread. Dan Campbell's got these boys playing hard. I commend him on that because he's got shit playing like gold, but it ain't enough, and we're going to be winless going into the bye week. (laughs) Bronze, maybe. I'm I'm surprised more of us didn't pick the Lions. Also, we don't even have to win to cover. Like, if we lose on a last-second field goal like we're prone to do, we cover the spread. Um, Because it's three. We got a hook even coming with it. Somebody needs to get Dan Campbell a win. This man deserves a win. Um, Jared Goff, listen, if the Lions go winless this season, which is astounding as that would be on its own, Jared Goff will have spent his entire NFL career without winning, without Sean McVay. Because he was in, he was with the Rams before Sean McVay, never won a game as a starter. And then obviously since he's been in Detroit, he's never won a game. And if they go winless this year, I don't see him ever starting an NFL game again. So therefore, he will never win. And that, that can't, that can't happen. This can't, they're, they're going to win, okay? I'm going to do the same stupid thing, Dylan. I'm just going to keep picking them to win games. I'm going to do it until they win a goddamn game. And then I can stop. It's a disease. Uh, I got Detroit in this one. It's ridiculous. Don does as well. Oh, damn. Um, Tennessee, uh, resurgent. Looking good. Um, although any offense that gets the luxury of playing Kansas City, they're going to feel good about themselves. Uh, Tennessee with a huge win over Kansas City. 
but one and a half point road dogs to Indianapolis. Yeah, Tannehill must have two broken legs that I don't know about because this spread doesn't make any sense to me. So I am going to take the Titans. I think they have righted the ship a little bit. They beat both the Bills and and the Chiefs, so I don't have, see them having any trouble with the Colts. Give me the Bills. I'm sorry, not the Bills, the Titans. Duh. I'll go with the Titans as well, but I... So, you, you, you're picking yeah. the Titans, yes? Yeah. I just Titans. called them the Bills. Okay. It's was, was a mistake. I am also going to take the Titans. I don't trust Carson Wentz. I know you got your little note here that he's been low-key fire, but I just don't <laughs> trust him. <laughs> Listen, Carson Wentz has 11 touchdowns and one pick on the season, and he is yeah, playing with two care. bum ankles. And a bum assistant GM. It's crazy. I've never been impressed with Carson Wentz, to be honest with you. So, Colts have been playing well this year. Tennessee's been playing a lot better. And I don't see outside of turnovers what's going to cause the Colts to flat out win this game. I think Tennessee wins this game. Clearly, that means I think they cover as they are the underdog in this one by one and a half. So give me the Titans. <sighs> I'm stupid. Uh, Colts should have a better win loss record than they do. Uh, Carson Wentz, uh, you thought like if the Colts get a quarterback, they're going to be okay. You didn't know if Wentz was going to be that quarterback because he's been injured and he sucked. He's actually been pretty good this year. The problem is the defense has been really good for Indianapolis. Has been a no show. You had uh, you got Darius Leonard, DeForest Buckner on a defensive line. That defensive line has been a no show. The way their defense is playing, not going to stop Derrick Henry. Not going to stop Julio Jones and AJ Brown, who are kind of healthy now. I mean, it's, it's not going to happen. Uh, we got a clean sweep across the board. Everybody on Tennessee. Um, Paul, we got. Sorry, I got, I got, yeah, I got those, uh, Packers, Packers, Packers are doing really dumb shit, and I got really distracted. Um, that brings us to Dylan's favorite game of the week, because any game that he gets to watch his boy Justin Herbert is his favorite hey. game of the week. We got the Chargers. What? I was agreeing. Oh, I thought you said hey, like no. Say hey. Uh, the Chargers are four and a half point home favorites, if you can call it home. They don't really have much home field, but. Hosting New England in Mac Jones, who is looking pretty good lately. Yeah, I think this is the week uh, Mac Jones stops looking good. Uh, I know Belichick is good at scheming. I think Justin Herbert is better at playing quarterback. So I will take the Chargers here. Oh, man, this is so difficult. Oh, and we're going to betray two of your boys tonight? That's crazy. Oh, what was the spread again? Four and a half points for the Chargers. It's, a, it's an interesting one. Uh, I'll take the Chargers. Oh, ah, ah, move on. Chargers. Taking New England. Yeah, this is a tough one to pick because you're still dealing with Bill Belichick's yeah, defense. But the Chargers have been proving me wrong all year uh, outside of that Ravens game where they just looked god off. Although they did prove me wrong in things. So I think I actually picked them. Uh, They still proved me wrong. But I think offensively, they're just going to have too much firepower for New England to deal with, and I think they cover the spread. So give me the Chargers. Chargers. San Diego Super Chargers. Me and AJ on an island because Don Don has the Chargers as well. I I like the way New England's offense is playing lately, and I I don't trust the Chargers' defense. So four and a half is a little bigger than the number I'd like. So I'm going to back New England in this one. I'm going to go with AJ. Uh, we got Tampa Bay, four and a half points on 
four and a half point road favorites against up and down New Orleans. Uh, interesting to me because Tampa Bay got whooped by New Orleans twice in the regular season last year. Well, uh, New Orleans definitely looks a little bit different than they did last year. Uh, and Tom Brady, he's getting Rob Gronkowski back this week. So I'll take the Buccaneers here. I just think they're a much better team than the Saints are. Vegas clearly respects that Sean Payton is no longer having the chain and ball and chain that is Drew Brees, but I will take the other game. Oh, none of that's making the podcast. <laughs> what? Why? What did I miss? I was just watching Kyler Murray throw the uh, game. You away, mean so before or after AJ Green quit on the route? <laughs> uh. Why did he throw because that football? Because A.J. Green wasn't supposed to keep his back to the football. I'm taking Tampa Bay. Uh, who did Ryan Tampa have? Tampa Bay. Dylan had yes. Tampa? All right. It's just mad. I don't know. I, something, something tells me this might be a tough one. Uh, Saints defense have been playing pretty tight. And this might be one of those games where Going to this into the Superdome, Brady doesn't look quite like Brady. Although I hope he does because he's a fantasy quarterback for me for a couple teams. But uh, I think the Saints are going to surprise some people in this one. So who that? Yeah, I, I think Tampa Bay and, and Don is also back in New Orleans. I don't know what you guys see. I think Tampa Bay is going to exercise some demons. Uh, well, revenge tour of their own on New Orleans. I think they're going to whoop the crap out of them. Remind everybody who's a much better divisional team. Uh, now that Tampa has a lot of competition there this year. God dang, that division has fallen off quickly. Uh, and we close with a nightcap, Sunday night football. We have Dallas. Dak expected to play, even though his, his, his labia is hurting. Uh, two and a half point dogs on the road in Minnesota. Uh, I don't know if the Cowboys are for real, but I know they're more for real than the Vikings are. So, I'll take the Cowboys. It seems like I'm taking a lot of road teams this week. Don't really like that. But give me another one. How about them Cowboys? Boys and a veteran coach off the bye. I will take the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm taking the Cowboys, too. I'm going to make this clear. I think the Vikings win this game. But I don't think they cover. (laughs) So, I'll go with the boys. That is a narrow gap. I want to make that clear. It is. Like, if you bet those two things, like if you bet Minnesota winning by one, Minnesota winning by two specifically, that those will pay out like a ton. Well, you probably get like 20 to one on those. Uh, I, I don't think Minnesota I've, – I've, I'm the only defender of Minnesota like all season. Uh, I just – I don't think they win this football game. I think it's a tough spot for them. And two and a half is weird. You only win by field goal on top of it. Now that's going to make it a clean sweep. Don agrees, and we're going to close with everybody in agreement. Our third clean sweep of the night. This one for Dallas. Uh, by the way, uh, records real quick. The only thing that matters. I am five games above five hundred. Nobody else is, is above five hundred. And then the only thing that matters. The only thing that matters is I won last week. There you go. Take uh, it one he, week at a time. So he yeah, did. Damn now. right, one week at a Matt, time. Matt did go. So we had a push. That one drops off. So out, without yeah, the push, I would have won that one too. Six and three. <laughs> went, went six and three last week, where oh, I went five. I went Jay five and four. Yeah. All right. All right. Do the yeah, thing. So right. apparently, you fuck yourself taking my lines. Mm. I don't know who the fuck <laughs> y'all think you are. 
Uh, oh, are you going to say three, it or no? Two. No, you heard the you heard the Girl Scout do the thing. All right. Well, taking Matt's lines, so uh, taking away the betrayal. We only have two Michigan State fans on the podcast, apparently. So go green, go white, obviously. <laughs> And then make sure you guys follow us so you can hear this podcast on Podbean, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And then make sure you're following us on YouTube so you can get all the post-game reactions. Obviously, having one for this week, Paul and AJ may join me if they're so kind. Uh, They might also be outside wiping their tears away. Who knows? But we're also going to do it for the Lions. And then follow us social medias, Facebook, Twitter, uh, at Sports Carnage Podcast. can't cry if you're not emotionally invested. It's true. Oh, we have broke this man. It's so sad. He can't even enjoy the most pure sport. Remember, folks, it's just a game. Treat your loved ones kindly, whether you're a Michigan fan or Michigan State fan. Enjoy the game. Go green, go white, go blow for Dylan Bear, Paul Roshan, AJ Riley, Ryan Griffin. I'm Matt Basson. We are Sports Carnage. Thank you for spending a couple hours with us this week. We'll be back with y'all next week.